Bachelors of Hearts' podcasts, <laughs> the Bachelors Australia's podcasts that ask the questions. Hey, Max, where do you stand on juniper berries? Uh, I think that you stand on them with your feet, and that is how you make the foot juice. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Juniper berries, I think, is she's actually quite a nice person. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, uh, we haven't met yet, but that's <laughs> wonderful news. Hello, everybody. My name is Xavier Retsky Noon, and I love The Bachelor. I am pretty ambivalent towards Mood Monroe, and I hate the coronavirus, of course. And joining me, as always, is my co-host and my best friend. Oh, hello. Max Quinn. Hello. Listeners, we are so stoked to be here recapping episode six and seven of The Bachelors AU. Before we do that, I would just like to acknowledge that today we are recording... Once again, on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So, interesting couple of evenings on the television. Yes. This is how I start every episode. I never know <laughs> what to... Look, I think this was, this was a pretty wild week. Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild week. Some... <laughs> Hard to get down. What is the words to that? Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild week. It's hard to get by just upon a smile week. That's exactly what it was, you know? And I don't know how much we were smiling this week. No, I mean, watching The Bachelors. Yeah, I feel like there were some highs and some lows. Peaks and pits. Yes. I enjoyed that we basically, these were. Barely episodes of The Bachelors, and in fact, we're kind of backdoor pilots for some new shows from Channel 10. Honestly, really, really with, interesting you know, stuff. You know, the Jess Navin show yeah. and the Tilly Scock show, uh, which I'm really looking forward to once The Bachelor gets cancelled. Right, right. But we are seeing some real burgeoning reality stars emerging within the Australian mm. RTV landscape. Yes. I also want to flag that there is very little Jed in these gym mats. Oh, yeah. What's going on with this? Like, he barely pops up in these two episodes. He's. Why did you call them gym mats? It's a Simpsons reference. Oh. Um, I think it's a gime. Oh, you're right. I yeah. think that's true. Um, yeah, it's, which is quite funny because I my feelings towards Jed are still sort of simmering on the like vaguely somewhat positive side of things and mm. I think he has been given an immense leg up from the fact that I have not had to think about or look at him very much right exactly and so much of the drama has happened away from him and in fact some of the people experiencing drama have removed themselves either from the competition or from his bachelorhood right to to begin with altogether 
let's uh, before we get into the recaps, let's do a very very quick batch world catch up. Yes. And the first thing I want to talk about now that we're, we're speaking about uh, keeping our head above water or whatever mm. is the ratings and how the show is keeping its head above. water. Oh yeah, water. talk to me about this because I've lost touch. Yeah. Well, I just want to hit this pretty briefly because we could really get lost in it. Okay. Um, but we now have the proper ratings totals for the first week. Okay. Um. Which, uh, you know, and I want to remind everybody that I am not a real expert about ratings. And in fact, I'm just a mentally unwell person who doesn't really have a job and, you know, like a lot of free time at the moment and stuff like sure. that. But the ratings look okay from where I'm sitting. Okay. Episode one was seen by 634,000 people all up. That's pretty good. That's a bit over double the number who caught it on TV when it aired. Um, episode two grew from 273,000 overnight viewers to 593,000. Uh, and episode three from 281,000 to 600,000 even. Um, and I feel like, yeah, the, the ratings are what they are. It, in my opinion, they're a bit better than I expected them to be. Um, just based on the time of year and the fact that obviously, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't think... I don't know how much Channel 10 cares. That's also true. Which is why I want to hit this briefly, because, you know, they dumped it in January, all within less than three weeks, and I feel like that's kind of for a reason, right? It's up against the tennis now, yeah. and, like, all sorts of other shows are starting up. I think Love Island just started again. Love like, Island's back. We're about yeah. to get mathsed. Right. So I feel like, uh, you know, we shouldn't waste that much time on it, because I don't imagine they are either. But also, like, these numbers are nowhere near as low as, for example, The Real Love Boat Australia. Right. And, like, they... Apparently, they greenlit another season of that. So, like, who knows exactly how this works or what's happening? This is true. Um, the, can you tell that this is the last piece of the notes that I wrote? Like, <laughs> I finished everything else and then I got back to... It was, like, 1 a.m. or something. And I was like, oh, I do have to write something about what's tonight. going on here. Um, but, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. And it is what it is. And it's not big. And I'm not expecting there to be another season of this show immediately. Um, Maybe ever. Who could say? Who could say? Trolley. The other piece of news that I wanted to hit on mm. is Osha Ginsburg, oh, the gee. long ho long serving and pretty cool host of this television show, has announced a new passion project. Hell yeah. Uh, a live satirical news program called Nighttime News Network National Nightly News. Okay. So Osha very CNN and N about it. <laughs> it definitely, yeah. Um, Osher and the N-T-N-N-N-N-N. I'm going to work out the best way to efficiently say it. I think it's like N-T-N-N-N-N. N-T-N-N-N-N. Yeah, we can do that. Osher and the N-T-N-N-N-N team. I didn't practice that. That was great. That's good coming out of my mouth. good job. Yeah. We'll begin a run of weekly shows at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville on Friday, January 27th, before a run kicks off as part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in a couple of months. Uh, personally, I think the stuff that Osha does outside of the rigid framework of commercial TV is usually pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, he's somebody who's pretty clued into news and politics and stuff. Like he seems like a pretty good, uh, arbiter of what could make for a funny satirical news show. Sure. Like this feels like an opportunity to get a window into the soul of the man. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so I am very excited to go down and check it out. Um, and I think if we have time, we will probably discuss it on our Bachelor finale episode just sure. after that happens. Uh, but if not, we might come back and talk about it like early Feb or something. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because there will be weekly episodes. Maybe we can have even a little meetup or something like that at one of the shows if anyone else is <sighs> heading along. That'd be nice. Yeah, if anyone's going to... Uh, I believe the first one is the one I got. The 27th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will not be going to that one. No, but let us know if you're going to be around. And yeah. We'll come now, back. 
I have a third item of news. Oh, this is great. Okay, so this is kind of our new, <laughs> our new angle for the the new segment. Is uh, oftentimes I can only think of two things to talk about, but that's great because Max. He's the real, you know, what do you, do you go undercover? Like, how do you get these stories? So basically what happens is that I put on my big sunglasses and yeah. I put on my fake nose. Mm. And then I just sort of walk around in Bondi and see what happens. Right. And that seems to pay off just about it every single week. It pays off really, really big time every single week. Really, really big time here on the BOH pod. I do feel like maybe we should even be leading with it because they normally turn out to be the biggest story this of the week. This is a huge scoop. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, well, who me. is Beck Modernal? Uh, she was on The Bachelor. <laughs> yep, great. Hang on, let me check, let me check. Rebecca Modernal, perhaps, is, well, was a 27-year-old youth support worker. She's an Aquarius. She went on three group dates in The Bachelor Season 9. Great. She was the 10th limo exit. She was eliminated in Episode 9. She quit the show. Oh, I have so many good things to say about her. Great. Are you ready for this, Goss? Oh, please. Yeah, absolutely. She has bought the biggest fucking hat that I've ever seen. <laughs> Now, we've talked about a big hat recently on, on The Real Love Boat. Absolutely. Would you say this one outstrips that? This is that? the biggest hat. Imagine, listener, a hat that comes out past your shoulder blades, yeah, if you will. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's a big old hat. Yeah. Okay? She's wearing... It's white. She's paired it with a white dress. Mm-hmm. Seems fine. Is it? Is it her wedding hat? Uh, it might not be. Could be wrong. But it might be. It might be. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then the other thing on the Beck Modernal front is um, that she's bringing jorts back as well. Cargo jorts. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's excellent. That's good news for me as a person with extremely bad fashion sense. There you go. So look, uh, listener, if you are um, interested in more scoops like this. Top story this week. If jorts you are coming scoops back. scoops to provide us, bohpod at gmail.com <laughs> is a great place to go. We'll talk about a, not a scoop, but an interesting piece of slander that arrived in our inbox later th- later this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An interesting email. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad the jorts I like are coming back into style. And uh, with that out of the way, let's dive into the recap of these two episodes, which provide a lot of juice. Um, they're sort of the full-length pants of full-length jeans of the <laughs> batch of the recap world. I don't know exactly. Yeah. We begin with the Bachelor Australia season ten episode six, which aired on Tuesday, the seventeenth of January. We open once again in media res as Jess in media Jess. That's nothing. Nope. Uh, Jess, of the hip movement and the pre-existing relationship, smooches a man that we haven't seen before in front of a metal statue of what looked to me like the Queen making a move on Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, this <laughs> this metal statue was something else. Quite distracting. There are two couples in this shot, and to be honest with you, the one who aren't live action, who aren't 3D mm. in the flesh. Yeah. Much they more were interesting. Very magnetic. What's this? Magnetic. Were, you know, my goodness gracious. Yes. What's their story? I would love to know. I don't know who it's a statue of. We need some intel on this. I did some digging, of course, knowing yep. me, you know, but yeah, no, no results. Uh, text appears on screen saying, introducing Damien, before we get another screen reading 24 hours earlier, dot, dot, dot. And then we cut back to this awkward staged chat between Felix and Thomas while they stroll along the beach. Felix talks about how much he's grown and changed throughout this experience. And Thomas gives him some vague life coach platitudes that he feels like less than qualified to give, in my opinion. He's a coach. This is what he says that he does as a job. (laughs) That's true. He does say that he does that as a job. Uh, I'm noting here that they are definitely strolling along the sand of the beach and not the water because that would simply be too wet for Thomas. Yeah. 
have we considered, I want to put this to you. Have we considered the possibility that Thomas is made out of isogenic shake powder? Okay. And that if you submerge him in water, he will like dissolve? He will dissolve and then thicken. Oh, true. Yeah. But that's I mean, like, he will cease to be the bachelor that we know him as. You know? Yeah, that's true. He'll become more gluggy. Right. It's one to think about. We I don't think. want a gluggy Tom. No. You don't want, you don't want shaken <laughs> Melly Chelly. <laughs> I don't know. Felix sets up that Jess is beginning to chip away at his walls with a, quote, strong ass chisel because, quote, she's asking me about love languages and stuff, and it may as well be Japanese for all I know. What are the five love, love languages? Kanji? <laughs> Hiragana, katakana. Yep. Great. Tokyo. Um, yes. I'm, I'm flagging this for later because it will come up again in an amusing way. In a five stars on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the mansion, Osha makes a rare appearance. He's like not in this show anymore. No. Yeah. Um, to tell the women that they have in fact made it to the halfway point. And in spite of all of our planning and research and discussion and, you know, looking into Channel 10 scheduling and stuff like that, this still came as a complete shock to It me. was a huge shock. This means that this is the shortest season of The Bachelor Australia ever by a decent margin. 12 episodes? Right, exactly. Um, despite, you know, it's the largest cast. Obviously, there's three Bachelors. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff they need to set up. And uh, we are just... Not, e not just the fact that it's all being dumped out in a couple of weeks, but also that there is even less of it to begin with. That's true. And what I'm realizing now is how little that I know about these women. That we are halfway. I feel like even in a traditional season, there might be, we might get to, say, the final eight. And there might be someone where I'm like, oh, remind me who that person is. Yeah. This is like, still, there are six or seven women that I can name. The rest of them, goodbye. And we started right. with a cast of 30. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the show is very clear about... Like you do not have to think it about does some not of these people. Matter, you know? yeah. Which is, is frankly, considering the ordeal that some of these people have had to go through, yeah. over the last year or so, yeah, rough. <coughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to dogs. That's <laughs> why when I said rough, it was. Um, Osha says he's <laughs> taken it upon himself to plan a group date with three women from each bachelor's pool. Um, so just so we know, everything that happens on this group date was Osha's idea. Great. Just something to keep in mind. Osha calls out the names of all the women who are invited. So we actually know who's coming on a group date for a change, but I will not bother telling you about them because the focus of this group date and of this episode on the whole is 100% on Jess with everybody else sort of forming a kinetic wallpaper behind them. Right. You know? Also, uh... Yeah, we're, we're halfway through and everybody is still cheering for the women going on group dates. Bizarre. They haven't figured it out yet. No. In a clumsily edited voiceover, Osha reveals that each woman's previously nominated loved one will be joining them at the Cali Beach Club. Um, but yeah, as far as the producers are concerned, that means that it's time to dig into Jess's open relationship, meet her partner Damien, and of course, ignore everybody else. Yeah, how could this possibly go wrong for Jess, for Damien... For Felix or for anyone in an open relationship in the whole fucking country. Yeah. A sensible idea to bring everybody together like this to all, all of them, for all of them to come on the show. Mm -hmm. Just for, for all of this mm -hmm. um, really is the most logical way to deal with Absolutely. You know, your life in this situation. So let's go to the group date at the Cali Beach Club. The Batch Thrillers aren't here yet. So we get to spend some time getting to know all the different women on the group date and the friends and family that they're so excited to see. Big Gale, ITMs about how Felix is going to react to meeting Damien. <laughs> a group of women 
that I could not identify chat about how Felix is going to react to meeting Damien. Alicia pulls Jess aside to ask her how she's feeling about Felix meeting Damien. What do you think is going to happen on this group date? Uh, who could say? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm just so glad that we're really digging into all these personalities. Jess tells Alicia she's unsure, but she says again that she doesn't want two partners at the end of this. Interesting. We'll get into it. Mm. The friends and family arrive. We get some scattered reactions. Uh, my favorite was Angela's guy saying, please don't be the guy with the tattoos. <laughs> it is. It's tattoo boy. Yeah. Um, before the conversation shifts to how Felix is going to react to meeting Damien. Oh, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. So yeah. Felix is going to meet Damien on this I episode. have a feeling. Yeah. Mm. We flick back to the mansion where Crystal, Ebony, and Tilly are discussing how Felix is going to react to meeting Damien. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I um, cannot believe how... <laughs> the extent to which we are signposting this. Yes, and the show just has its blinders on. The yeah. show is like, this is the only thing in the world this is that matters. The only plot point that you need to care about, and we are going to do such a weird job right. of like making this uh of opening up this conversation yeah and and the ways that i don't know it the the conversation continues but little is said yes you know like i don't think at the end of these episodes i'm a huge amount closer to understanding what's going on uh, what's going on or what anyone thinks polyamory might be right exactly um we learn that Jess's arrangement with Damien is that she is able to explore and be with other partners but she would be upset if he did the same which is interesting, and we will get into it. We're I'm making, making a, a face. face. Yes. Yeah. Um, Crystal also recounts that Jess has shared that Damien is a gorgeous silver fox, a rugged bad boy. He's hot, 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 and should be the fourth batchy, which is, of course, a completely fucked up way to set up the advent of what is a perfectly normal looking guy. He is, he's a Toowoomba 8. Yeah, he looks like most people. Wait, Townsville know? is where they're from. I always get yeah. those two places confused. Whatever. He just looks like a normal dude. Right. Uh, I've seen some people making some mean comments about his appearance. This guy, I don't know. He didn't, He's not destined to be a star. He's not on TV because he looks good. He's on TV because he's in a, an open relationship. With exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's found the secret way into The Bachelor and people are really upset about it. Yeah. Anyway, back at Cali Beach Club, Damien arrives and reunites with Jess. They press their foreheads together as a woman off camera says, it's a lot a few more times. Mm. Uh, I think I overheard somebody in the background saying, I can't believe I'm seeing this in real life uncut. <laughs> I don't know what that... I heard another person saying, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. <laughs> I can't... I, I swear our turn is coming up soon. His it's very strange. Andy Richter. <laughs> exactly. Let him... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Damien is quite taken aback to hear that there is a potential for Felix to propose to Jess at the end of the show. He says, because we haven't broken up. If it was to go that far, it scares me. It's worth noting, though, that this is how he is framing the relationship. This is really confusing to me. That they, quote, haven't broken up, rather than, you know, we're still together, or we're in love, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That um, part of it is... Well, it feels icky, because it's starting to paint the picture that Damien's idea of what this relationship is is different to the way that Jess might have presented it to us on the TV so far. Right. And the way that the show is sort of running with the yes. storyline of an open relationship yes. or polyamory or whatever. Um, there will be more 
on this. Uh, we watch as Felix sheepishly approaches Jess and Damien to make first contact. He tells Jess she looks amazing, shakes Damien's hand and says he looks equally amazing, uh, pauses for a moment and then excuses himself to go and talk to some other people. This was good from Felix, I thought. I guess so. It was so uncomfortable, ice. but yeah. it was a great joke. Yes. Um, yeah, is he joke? I guess so. I think that's a fun joke that yeah. he's making. Yeah. You look beautiful, so do you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just a small talk. It's yeah. how people interact. He's doing good know. here. Um, Damien tells Jess, he's a good looking guy, he is. This is going to be interesting. I'm really surprised that he didn't use the phrase good looking rooster. I was waiting I for rooster bet too. Money on it. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I don't know why. Is it is that a honey badgerism or is that I just I think it's a just a blokeism. Say? Yeah, yeah. It's a like, I'm not I'm not scared. I'm not owned. <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's a no homo kind of phrase. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want anybody thinking that I want to fuck this guy. Yeah. Although I am going to compare him to an animal that is called a cock. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the whole group is seated at a preposterously long table with some food for them to vaguely sort of pick at um, when the cameras aren't on them. Yeah, these are nibblies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, canapes, finger foods, crudités. They're like canapé, and they're like, no, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Felix and Damien are seated opposite of each other, of course. Uh, and I guess they've just asked everybody else there to be very, very quiet so that they can film this, uh, you know, confrontation, conversation. Don't con speak. Confrontation. Yeah. And it's wild that later we hear Moon Bonro do their cover of Don't Speak. <laughs> that would be quite a bit better <laughs> than what ended up happening. Felix begins on a good foot, thanking Damien for coming so that they can all work through what's going on together. Fantastic. The most tactful thing maybe really he's ever said. Really tactful from Felix. Damien says, it's a lot. It's a lot to process before adding this American life to process as well. Yeah. Very odd. I don't know. I guess they, I don't even understand that, but I think he's probably working his way up to shouting out the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Yeah. You know? yeah. Look, it's the daily with Michael Varro <laughs> to process. Yeah. 7 a.m. to process. <laughs> Uh, Zara, a woman who definitely exists, uh, gets an ITM where she says, the whole group date was essentially about Damien, Jess, and Felix. It was not what I expected. These poor women. Yeah. Um, that might be the sum total of Zara's camera time, I think, at least since episode one. I couldn't tell you which of the bachelors Zara was recruited by. Uh, I, do, I didn't know either. I did go back and check. And I watched all five seconds of the like putt putt or like maybe oh. regular golf course like putting. I don't know that that is it Felix, Felix then right right. Yeah. Um, similarly, Big Gale has another ITM here where she says it's basically a three way conversation with Damien, Felix, and Jessica. So the only way that we can really talk or interact is if we get involved and start asking some questions, which she does. It's good game playing. Yeah, she I, she senses the opportunity here. It's, it's depressing that that's the only way that you can pop that on the, the show, but, um, but she, she does well, I think. She asked Damien, is your destination in life to be with one person or is it to be with many people or, you know? Beautiful, open question. Damien, where do you stand? What's your sense of polyamory? Where do you stand on Juniper Berries? Right. Um, and Damien explains that ultimately he sees himself ending up with one person. Um, adding, quote, at the end of the day, I want Jess to choose me. I don't think there is any letting go. Oh. It's so odd, isn't it? So Jess doesn't 
want to be in a polyamorous relationship coming out of this show. Right. Damien... Or at least doesn't want to have a... Like, be... Have two, two boyfriends. boyfriends. Okay. Damien yeah. wants to be monogamous with Jess. Seems that way, At the yes. end of this show. Felix wants to be monogamous with Jess, mm-hmm. hypothetically, mm-hmm. at the end of this show. So who so of these three people is poly... Like, among yeah. whom... And by which definition is anyone in a polyamorous relationship? Yeah, it seems like they should be selecting it's complicated rather than any of the other options in the drop-down. Right, exactly. So this is, I mean, here's my speculation. Please. Is this a soft breakup from Jess? Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? Did Jess soft break up with Damien by saying we should open the relationship up and Damien go, I've never seen someone as beautiful as you in my life, Mm. Uh, hot, you're good-looking enough to go on The Bachelor Jess. and not have people talk about how you look like a number three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so now we are in... Like, I just feel like maybe he surrendered to the terms mm. and has come here to fight. Or, like, maybe they were pretty casual to begin with. Yeah. She was, like, not super invested in him, but was like, oh, well, you know. Like, you know, there's like a lot there's of possibility. a nice level of emotional comfort there or something like that. Mm. I don't know that any of this... It, any of the speculation makes Jess look particularly good. Yeah. And I don't know that any of it makes Damien look particularly good either. Yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll have more There's to say more. on this. Yeah. There is more. Um, Big Gale in ITM reminds us that, of course, Felix is also technically exploring polyamory because he's also dating seven other it. women. Really fucking good. Very true. Seems like someone should have probably pointed that out earlier than this, but so perfect. Um, so Damien asks Felix... If he gets to the end and he's not ready to propose, would he bail out? To which Jessica adds, do a honey badger? Oh. Which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, the fourth wall doesn't exist on this season. Um, and Big Gale, continuing to seize the moment, asks the three of them whether the goal is to end up with Jess having both partners or whether it'll be, quote, one or t'other, I noticed she said. Um, Jess says, I think deep down, I do want a monogamous relationship for my lifelong partner, for someone who I'm going to move in with, marry, have children with. I feel like if it, it's easier to just have the one person. I don't think my brain is wired to have two boyfriends at the end of this. If me and Felix end up together, I would still appreciate being able to maintain contact with Damien. What kind? Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Felix gets territorial pretty quickly and he says, well, how far does that contact go? I would assume not a sexual relationship. Like that's obviously not a thing. Am I right with saying that? A little heavy handed on the editorializing here. Yeah. Um, Damien redirects the question to Jess. It's more of her question to answer. And she says, I'm still questioning the whole, like, can two people be together sexually with one another forever and ever till death do us part? Because I am a sexual person, I would want my partner to ideally be on the same page with me, and if we wanted to open up our relationship on a sexual level. Okay, so now we're seeing a little bit more clarity, it seems like. It seems like Jess wants a monogamous relationship Mm. with uh, the option of entertaining a third in the bedroom. Maybe? Is that... Yeah. I am not actually that much clearer, because it seems like that's one of the options that she wants available, but I think she also wants the possibility to have like a sexual relationship with somebody else at the same time as being in a relationship that is more romantic with, with whoever 
comes out of this gladiatorial yes. you know, thing alive. Can we just flag the competition aspect of this as well here? Yeah. Because not only are we hearing that the whole date is centred around, and we're hearing from the other women, the whole date is centred around Jess and Damien and Felix. Mm-hmm. There's also the part of Felix here that you can just tell is trying to win, and you can tell that there's yeah. a part of Damien that's trying to win. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a really interesting thing where Jess has or the show has manufactured an opportunity for two men to fight over Jess right, exactly. on a show called The Bachelors. And one of these two men is simply not The Bachelor. Yeah, oh yeah, he's a, he's some guy. Right, yeah. because they've tried, you know, whether it was that um, Jasmine left and Thomas and Jed did not fight over her, mm. whatever. Mm. This is a totally different situation yeah. where you can tell that Felix, as a professional basketball player... Very competitive guy. Competitive dude. Yeah. And seeking... Or being presented with an opportunity to compete hmm. is sort of like okay, yeah. That's, you can like see... that's at least that's what I'm feeling as I'm watching this. And I think that's the juice that makes the producers go. Nothing else matters. This is the only storyline. Yes, like this. This is where we're focusing all of the attention on. This is the most exciting thing that happens all season. Which I, I, I can understand the temptation to view it that way, but I also feel like it leads to some somewhat problematic stuff, and then also just some like. They have to drag it out. Yes. You know, like... I wish there was a B-plot. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, give me in this episode some fun thing that's going on with Thomas and someone else Mm. that is happening at the same time that this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Give me two women having fun and uh, actually talking about this in the way that Abigail is talking to the camera about this. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it does give us a lot to chew on. I think the discourse has been interesting this week where people are trying to figure out what's going on, um, which is probably what they wanted. They, the, I, I think that the message of these two episodes is you're not meant to have a clear answer just yet and we will tell you a bit more later on. Yeah. Um, and I think we're meant to be going like, oh, you know, which is good. Like, we're a Bachelor podcast. We discuss this stuff. And I think, you know, there's stuff to pull apart about what... What Jess, uh, you know, her, her, she's very focused on at some point in her life, she will stop doing this open relationship thing, I think. Yeah. And she, or I don't know if that's true necessarily, but it seems like she, she pictures and, and really aspires to quite a traditional sort of settling down where she talks about marrying and having children and moving in with somebody. Mm. And it would be less complicated if it was just one person. So maybe that's what she wants after all and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like, what does that mean for, for, is she a polyamorous person? Is she, you know, cause I want to give, I want to allow her all the space in the world to explore this stuff and find out what's going to work for her. And, you know, this is kind of how I feel like everybody should approach this sort of thing as just like, it is not, it does not have to be as rigid as it has traditionally been. So Felix sprints off to the bar and orders, quote, the strongest thing you have. Necessary. Yeah. I I spoke to my housemate, Ollie, who spent a few years working as a bartender, um, just for confirmation, um, that this is a (laughs) no-no. Even if you're sober, this is a great way to get the staff to keep an eye on you and judge you and uh, most likely not serve you the strongest thing that they have. Yes. Um, if If you are already intoxicated... Um, they probably will serve you the strongest thing that they have, which is the bouncer. <laughs> uh, so we never see him get the drink, which is also kind of funny. Uh, in ITM, he says, it's just fucking weird, um, referring to open relationships and polyamory. Are we sure that's what he's referring to? Or are we, like, is he referring to the situation? I guess maybe he is. And I want to, you know what? That's a good point. Let's because, be generous. Yeah, generously, that's all anybody's talking about. Yes. You know? 
Um, but he walks off, he takes the seat on his own, and we see a producer telling him that Damien is going to come over for a one-on-one chat with him. And then we see him say, fuck my life, genuinely. He looks at the camera, chewing his lip nervously before adding, I'm Felix Van Hoff. This is Jackass. I'm about to get an open relationship. This is, I think, the funniest thing that anyone has ever done on this show. <laughs> really? Like, it is so self-aware. It is. It yes. is just such an incredible it's piece very of funny. spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. That this... You can see it, right? You can see that this happened authentically, and I don't doubt that this was only shot once. I agree. Where yeah. they were like, here you go, this guy's going to come over now, you're going to have a chat. Yeah. You see his authentic reaction where he's like, oh, fuck my life. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm on TV, let's make something of this. And he recognizes the situation for what it is, which is absurd. Right, and, and he's, finds he's the butt of the joke here, I guess. Yes, you know? like knows how to make himself the butt of the joke. That I, I just felt like this was so fucking funny. It was really good. It was a it was a rare W for Felix. Yeah. Like a good moment of personality. Yeah. Um I do think I knew that would be your funniest moment. Yes. I think it gets slightly funnier just after this. I don't okay. know if you picked up on this because it's I watched this episode three times. I was sorry, too busy laughing at this to fair. catch anything. Totally after fair. It. Um well what happens is he laughs at his own joke, which fair enough. Yeah. And then he starts sort of biting his fingernail. And he's a bit nervous. And in this is like the best editing that I think I've seen all season. Uh-huh. Is that he's laughing at his joke. He's like, I've fucking killed it with that one. That was great. And he his pleasant demeanor just suddenly drops. Oh. It's, it, it begins to fall. And we cut to commercial right at the moment where he's like, oh, no. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's like, ha-ha, we're all having fun here. Like, boy, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? As Damien's approaching and he's like, oh, fuck. Fucking fun. Right. It's it's a little bit hard to describe, but if you go back and watch the episode, it's just like if you like me, um, are finding this very unpleasant man um somewhat hard to watch on the TV, you get a very good moment of him squirming. Of right Schadenfreude, here. yeah. Yes. So I actually I thought about this and I feel like I understand the squirm mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This situation is so absurd. Well, it's like you you prepare for a lot of things when you become the bachelor and you yeah. sign the dotted line. Now you don't prepare for, for example, knowing how to make a cup of tea or no. knowing what the five languages are or the love languages are, or anything like that. Uh, in, sure. in Felix's case, but you know, you do a lot of internal thinking mm-hmm. about. You I would assume anyway. yourself. Yeah, you Here's think how like I might respond in this situation. What might happen? How yeah. am I going to handle this? You know, these are the types of things that can happen. This was not you one don't, of those. Like. This is a girl with a boyfriend on the outside mm-hmm. who may or may not be polyamorous. Right. That is not anything that you would re- you should reasonably entertain. Hmm. At least in given coming into this show, right? The decades of this show that yeah. has existed, you know. Oh, it's great. So Damien comes over to feel, and you you wouldn't expect to be talking to the guy either. No, you certainly wouldn't expect to be saying Gadamian. <laughs> That's right. Damien comes over to Felix and asks him what his intentions are with Jess. Uh, adding, I love Jess. I do. I love her, man. I am so in love with her, and I've loved her since basically we met. I'm not sure what she's told you about our relationship, but that's the depths that it got to. I I love that he's flexing this muscle here. Yeah. Felix can't, as the bachelor, say the word love, love at this ever. point. It's forbidden. Well, basically ever. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he replies uh, basically by saying that he can see himself being in a relationship with her, which... Um, itself is interesting because it tells us that he doesn't think that he is currently in a relationship with right. her. Um, but Damien can use the word love all he wants, and he does. He peppers it in quite liberally. Yeah. 
Um, but it's interesting, though, that, again, he frames it in the past tense. He says, that's the depth we got to. That would imply that there is now nowhere near that level of emotion anymore. You know what I mean? I think it implies before she left to go on The Bachelor. Do you think so? Yeah. That's what that, or at least, like, when, when I am hearing him say we, I am substituting the pronoun I. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hearing him say... That's the depths that I got to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way because I did feel like it was like they had a relationship at some point in the past. It might have been a while ago. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and then they're kind of still floating around a little bit. Well, so allegedly, this relationship has only been on the boil for a couple of months. Right. Okay. This information that has been shared with us via email. We'll talk yes. about it. This is yeah. also information that uh, I believe was brought up on the So Dramatic podcast. That sounds right. Uh, a couple of a couple of days ago, when mm. they had talked about maybe Jess and Damien had only been together for a few months before she then came on the show. Mm. So Damien says, I hope that because you've met me now, there's a face to the name and you know that Damien is a real person, that you use this as a potential excuse to go, okay, Jess, I think our time's come to an end. You're obviously very much in love with Damien. I love that Damien understands that The Bachelor's only real job is to find an excuse right. to dump everybody except for one person. Yes. Um, this is a healthy perspective. I found it underhanded. Well, yes, yeah. that's true too, because I think he's deliberately being a bit underhanded. Yes. Felix asks if he thinks that Jess still loves him, still loves Damien. Right. And he reveals he's not sure, and in fact, that's part of the reason that he's here. And Jess walks up to the two of them saying, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your conversation. Yes, which you is do. a lie. <laughs> you flatly mean to interrupt. Or maybe it was like the producers in intend for me to interrupt your right. conversation. Um, I've been pushed here. Right, exactly. Some producer with two hands on her bottom has just been like, out there. They've put me on now. a dolly and wheeled me <laughs> over. Uh, Felix gets up to go, which leaves Damien and Jess to embrace. And Damien says, I love you very much. But before the two of them can have this very important conversation, they are interrupted by somebody who I had blissfully forgotten about. His name is Jed McIntosh. This is great. And he sidles up to a microphone saying... Uh, Oh, is this on? Uh, hi, guys. Unprofessional behavior. Hi, Spaz guys, is never anything that you say. <laughs> and is this on? Neither. I don't need it. Yeah. You know if it's on. You're they, talking to a microphone. Yes. You sound checked. They were probably, uh, they, they probably had a really serious conversation about whether to dub in some feedback over the top of this. Yeah. You know, like in a movie when somebody's nervous to public speak or whatever? Of course. That always automatically makes the equipment they're using feedback. Of course. It, it can tell. There's uh, an amount of like Britney Spears, I love rock and roll to this. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is this um, thing on? Right. Uh, he says, so I've met some of your friends. We didn't see any of that, by the way. Nope. Um, I'd love you guys to meet some of my friends. This is my band, Mood Monroe. We're going to play a song for you all, so let's get to it. He doesn't sound that excited either. No. This song we hear is their forthcoming single, Iconic, which coincidentally is being released on January 27th, just over a week after this episode aired. Uh, and there is absolutely no question in my mind that this constitutes some extremely subtle sponsored content. Extremely, extremely subtle sponsored, sponsored content, content products. What did we think? Well, pretty, I mean, it's kind of the most generic music I've ever heard. This is fine. 
Yeah, okay. I just thought it was fine pseudo-punk rock. I thought it was um, like al- almost equivalent to listening to nothing. Uh. It was like the least music. Not bad. No. Not good. No. Nothing. Okay. Just like the most 2.5 stars... <laughs> I could ever give anything. I understand. Know? I would give it three stars. I think it's, I would give it six out of 10. Okay. This, um, six and a half, maybe seven. It's so hard for I'm me generous. to remove it from the context. Yeah. I, I find it difficult to actually judge the piece of music. Granted, we only hear like 20 seconds of it Oh, we hear next to nothing of it. But uh, to me, it was like, this is a, this is a perfectly fine, well-executed rock song. I think the lyrics are very silly. I didn't hear the lyrics. I don't remember them. I watched it again with subtitles on and I could see them. I can't remember exactly, but they're just like, it's a first draft, you know? Yeah. It's like, and it, and it feels like it was title first and then song afterwards. And oh, I love that style of songwriting. Yeah. I, uh, Writing to title? I agree. Great challenge. I agree. It's a fun challenge. It feels to me like um, they just, they heard a slangy buzzword and were like, let's use that and write a framework of a song around it. Don't you think that's how so many songwriting sessions happen though? Like I am certainly projecting, but in my experience, sometimes you're in a conversation with someone and they go, oh, that'd be a great title for a song. Yeah. And then that becomes the song. But they it doesn't feel like they actually did any work beyond that. Right. I, I think that also we may have just heard a first draft, right? Like if this was filmed in May or June. Well, this is my big question. Yeah. Um, I have my suspicions about whether or not that's the actual song that they actually played on the day. Right. Because the audio is not... It doesn't perfectly line up, which I get. I don't think like, it's live audio. They wouldn't necessarily use the live audio, but... What like either there's two things that might have happened here. Either um, they held back a single like nine months, you know, because this thing's about to come out. So I they mean, wrote that would this make thing. Sense. Do you think so though? Really, just because of the bump from this? Definitely from getting played for like ten seconds on this episode. Absolutely, because Jed's the Bachelor. It's not just the bump from getting yeah. played for ten seconds. It's getting constant exposure throughout the month of January for your drummer. But he's released other music. Jed has? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he put out his single Believe, Mm -hmm. I think is what it's called. I could be wrong. Yeah. But around the time when The Bachelor was probably originally meant to be coming out. I wonder if that couldn't have been pulled or something like that. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy here. I don't know. Conspiracy corner on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Yeah, well, there'll be more actual conspiracy corner. Because it's either, either they held the song back nine months or... They played something else at the time and then dubbed over it, right. which is also, you know, right. perfectly reasonable and common thing to do. Yes. Um, we see a shot of Felix saying, where's the mosh pit? To which Thomas replies, we can be happy underground. <laughs> joke just for Max. Uh, oh, who has got the looks, you know? Who's mm. got the brains and who's got everything? Well... I would say that Felix Between has got the, three the looks. Between the bachelors, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Thomas has got the brains um, and Jed's got everything. I guess so. I've got this pain in my heart, that's all. Hmm. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep going. Uh, I find it funny that, yeah, even though this is the blatantly obvious promotional tie-in, the Bachelor producers still, as they do with any piece of music on this show, duck the audio yep. so that we can pay Fear attention talking. to the storylines and, yep. um, you know... Zara checks in on Felix and he says, thank God the music started. It's just a lot. To which Zara replies, cereal. 
<laughs> Next, Thomas asks Felix how he's doing, yeah. and he replies, "This whole thing, this stuff's a lot. It's a lot. Bigsofttitty.bng. Great. It's a lot deeper than I thought it would be. Great." So, yes, the song is over, very memorable moment, and in voiceover we learn that Felix has invited Jess back to the batch pad for what is now her third time. Great, uh, we cut across to the batch pad, and I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but the first thing we see when they arrive is Felix makes Jess a cup of tea. <laughs> That's great. That's really good. So, like, maybe Thomas is right. Maybe Felix really has gone through a lot of growth. He's been doing a lot of growing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Felix presses Jess to clarify what the fucking plan is here. Yeah. If Damien's still in love with her, um, she doesn't see herself ending up with two partners. So for things to progress with Felix, she's going to have to figure some shit out. So who knew that the easiest way to get invited back to the batch pad was simply to have a boyfriend already. That's true. She's yeah. been invited back more than any other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jess continues to be very vague about it. She says, I too am... Really scared about falling for you even more and having just to make that decision. How much of this was Frankenbitten, do you think? Well, I think it was a bit Frankenbitten, but I think a lot of it was just her taking really long pauses. Some of this is just just saying words. Yeah. the other thing. Because I think she doesn't want to make the decision yet. The cards are being held extremely close to the chest and we see it as this episode continues. I got more to say. Yes. And it's an interesting dynamic because her being quite tight-lipped means that Felix just, like, continues dumping his feelings onto her. Right. And, you know, he says he's making himself more vulnerable. He wants to progress with her. And she says, yeah, and I feel for you, Felix. And this is the point where it really so you really start feeling the, the role reversal here that you mentioned before. Like, normally the batchy is way more cagey and yep. can't say anything. And it's the contestant who has to put everything on the line. Right. But Jess is mming her way through the conversation. Oh God, these mms. There's a I, lot of mms. Just like these facial expressions, we see it repeated with Damien right. in a minute. It feels so like, I don't know, like it's disempowering for The Bachelor. And in a certain way, I think that's really cool. Yeah. But in a different way, I think this is making Jess look really poor. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wonder. It's like she, yeah, it's... I, I feel like we will get there with mm. Jess. Like she's going to eventually open up, but we're in a weird spot right now. Where we have to be recapping these episodes where she's still keeping it tight lipped. I don't know? even know if she would. Yeah. Look, I'm growing more suspicious of Jess. Yeah. I feel like that too. Um, and we will talk about it. Uh, Jess says, I just want you to know at the end of the day that I genuinely want this going further. Yes, it will probably be very sad if I have to let go of that relationship, but I'm also willing to do that for the sake of my future and what I want and what I've always wanted. They say the greater the struggle, the greater the reward. And then they kiss. Now, Max, we've been walking along a regular street for a little while here. Yeah. But I can see actually up ahead of us just a little bit, there's a little bend up in the road. There's a bend in the road. Yeah. Would you perhaps like to join me as we take a, 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 take a, a sharp turn around Conspiracy Corner? Oh, yes. Let's do it. Okay. So I've been chewing over this for a few days. Yes. And I think all of us have. Um, at first, I thought the producers were taking advantage of Jess. Um, you know, uh -huh. that they were, they, they were rubbing their hands with glee at the chance to have an open relationship storyline for the first time. Right. We know they love firsts. 
Um, and the potential drama that they could wring out of it, I feel like is somewhat surface level obvious. And that can be okay. That can be true. Right, exactly. So I kind of, you know, I, I kind of do feel that way, Let's right? Let's park that as yeah. something that feels closer to true than it does not to true. At least on the behalf of this podcast, your response may vary. Yes. I also feel like it is beneficial, and Jess may have noticed this, it's beneficial to play along with this. Without a doubt. And and the, you know, I, I get the impression that maybe at some point the idea of an open relationship or uh, polyamory may have been raised and producers went, great, let's run with that. Even if that may not necessarily be the most accurate description of what we're looking at right. here. Or I don't even know if that's necessarily how Jess and Damien would have uh, explained it prior to going on the show. Right. Um. They could. I don't know. But I think she is intentionally holding back the truth of the relationship, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, at least in these episodes. And, like, knowingly playing the game of The Bachelor. I think that that's true, again, based on what the show has presented to us. But I will say that what we're starting to see is some of those threads come a little bit unraveled, being brought into question because Damien's perspective on their relationship and where it stands appears to be very different. A little bit different, yeah. Um, but yeah, the way that she talks about how she's like making decisions for her future, what she wants, what she'll be rewarded with. She mentions that here. That sounds like Instagram followers to me. Maybe it's just because I've been seeing her getting a lot of Instagram followers. Maybe it's because that's how I answer most unanswered questions with, to do with The Bachelor. Right. And that's okay. Like, you know, that's kind of what everybody, or at least most people who come on this show have that in mind. It's part of it. It's, it's fine. But it is frustrating to think about people who are in open relationships uh, maybe struggling to explain the complexities and realities of their situation to like their family and friends or whatever. Them watching this or, or having their families and friends watch it and getting the wrong idea about what polyamory is all about. Right. Or how it's possible to have a healthy polyamorous relationship. Like, you know, this is not something that is widely seen in media or whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, like with a great many things uh, that pop up from time to time on this show, the way that they are handled here is somewhat meaningful. I It is meaningful. And I think that it is disappointing in the sense that the point of polyamory, at least as far as I am concerned as a white straight man with no experience, mm. is not to end up in a monogamous relationship. Yeah, not necessarily. Um, I, right? would, I would argue that the vibe is to just be open kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. that's kind of, the, the you know. Like my... not to end up rather, I should say, in a mon monogamous relationship with one person where you choose between a number of partners to ultimately end up with. That yeah, doesn't yeah. seem like the right... I've seen, mm. yeah, I don't know. I've I've been in an open relationship before and yep. I can't speak for what they're like for other people because sure. it was, I found it a little bit challenging to get my head around at the start, kind of like Felix does. So uh -huh. on some level, I understand where everybody's coming from a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Um. But yeah, I, they're, they're very different for di very different people and yeah. that sort of thing. So I, I think maybe part of it is just that we're seeing one very specific case study and... Um, many people will interpret that as what they're all like. Right, right. And um, so, firstly, thank you for sharing that. And yeah. secondly, like, I can imagine that it would be easy for lots of people to feel misrepresented by this, mm. as I can also imagine that it would be easy for lots of women on the show currently to feel a bit jaded yeah. about um, this presentation of polyamory 
being something that might detract from whether it is screen time, Instagram followers, oh, or sure. like their you, own you just mean representation like, of narrative of their love with Felix or Jed or Thomas or whoever. Just the fact that we're talking about only Jess and Damien this of episode. Course. You know, regardless of polyamory or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is exactly. just, just showing up all the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of quite judgmental and closed-minded and somewhat hateful things posted online this week yeah. um, about how Jess is like trying to have her cake, cake and eat it too or whatever. And like, I don't want to add to that by any means, even if we are being somewhat critical about what's happening here. Right. Um, but I do suspect that, yeah, it's mutually beneficial for everybody involved to frame this in the most sensational way possible um, and also to leave us dangling there for as long as possible, which is part of the reason why Jess is not going into a lot of detail about what the specifics are. I think that's the most nuanced way to explain the complexities of this. I don't think having your cake and eating it too is genuine um, mm. like or is an accurate way to reflect that, but I can see how with a limited range of experiences through which to process this, which, as we've said, this is the first time that we've probably seen an, a polyamorous relationship on Australian reality TV. I can understand Except how... Except for every it, season of Bachelor. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yeah. One branded as such, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I can understand how the viewing public, who may not have seen this, might feel like it is cake eating. Yeah. You know? Even I, though that's not accurate. Right. I, I got the impression that... Um, Jess maybe has been kind of kind of drifting with Damien yeah. a little bit. So yeah. a little bit like wafting aimlessly, you know, not quite coming to somewhat similar to what's happening here yeah. as part of the narrative uh, of just like, you know, maybe, maybe she took advantage of the opportunity to go on The Bachelor to take the decision out of her hands a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, to gain, oh, I mean, to gain some followers and set herself up in the process. Yeah. Like, uh, either that's true or she and Damien like planned this thing together before Jess applied and they were like, you know, I don't know, something good will come of it or, yeah. or, or the show is doing a good job of making me think that, which I want to give it credit for, even though I think this is handled badly. Yeah. I think like it is, it's, it's not, uh, it's not as bad as it could be. Yes. Which, uh, I don't for a that's show like this, real faint phrase. Fraught, it's such fraught territory. But like, just the fact that it's provoking some conversation around it, uh, even though some of that conversation is real bad. I don't know, actually. Also, yeah. uh, look honestly, this is the um, this is the complexity of it because not only are we having conversations that don't seem weighted mm. evenly, it also means that in the aftermath of the show, it opens up future convers like we're not having conversations on the show that seem weighted evenly but in the mm. aftermath yeah. now here on our podcast and in other places where polyamory can be discussed in a different way yeah we're also opening ourselves up to more and greater nuance and right. selfishly as two people who are enjoying probably the most successful season of the podcast that we've ever had maybe yeah uh, this is positive in right. a certain way because it allows us to take something that we're seeing and uh reframe it or or break it open in yeah. hopefully a way that says, uh, don't know, but maybe. Yeah. And we don't have a very strong take about this no, necessarily. No. Um, like my take, I guess if I have a take is like, yeah, have a take on polyamory. Let's well, go. No, no. My take is not on polyamory. My take is on this <laughs> I'm situation. Being yeah. you know. But like, basically it feels like they shouldn't be on this show. Like Jess shouldn't be yeah, on the show. Damien no. shouldn't be, should no. definitely not be on the show. And, like, if they were actually interested in resolving this thing, then Jess wouldn't be on the show in the first place. Exactly. Like, that's where that part of it comes from for me. Um, 
But if I had to guess, I reckon Jess and Damien will break up probably on the show. Um, this is, I'm just thro- calling a shot that yeah. I have no knowledge of. But I reckon in a couple of episodes, um, they will split up and then we will kind of just have to see how Felix plays it at the ending, you know? Yeah, I think that Jess is probably around for the long haul. Yeah. I think that she will likely be one of the final bachelorettes that he will choose from. Yeah. Maybe Damien notwithstanding, but I do think that Damien is, you know, unfortunately... We're going to keep seeing Damien in this show too. a one-way ticket to Dumpsville. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we will be talking about it more on future episodes. Great. So let's let's move on. Back at the mansion, the women are waiting patiently for the men to arrive, or maybe for Osha to arrive, to invite them on a date. Or someone to arrive. When suddenly... We oh, hear itchy nose. Sorry, <laughs> it's real itch. Max has started doing cocaine to get through the podcast. It's very Babylon scenes. He's going into the bathroom because his nose is itchy. I mean, come on. No, my nose itch. It's nose itch. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stupid podcast. You actually did a big poo in there. You just liked that joke, so yeah. you made up the thing about the nose. Yeah, yeah. massive poop. Yep, that's what they call me. <laughs> Max Poop. Yep. Hmm. When suddenly we hear a generic iPhone ringtone <laughs> and we cut to a phone just sitting on the table next to them. And they all look around confused as if they hadn't realized it Where was there. They, how did this get here? I don't know. This moment hurt me, Max. The batch phone's ringing. <laughs> what are you talking about? This if is they, a technology. If they're going to have a phone, make it like... The batch phone, you know? Right. Design some weird looking phone, you know? Have a duck phone. Um, Bring back the duck phone. What's the duck phone? From Jersey Shore. Oh, I'm so... I haven't really... Yeah. They have a phone. It's shaped like a duck. That's good. I don't even especially love date cards, right? No. Like, you know, it's... It's part of the fabric of the show, but, you know, if they want to get rid of it, then that's fine. Mm. But the idea that this is what they've been replaced with is just so fucking dumb. It's like the opposite of a choice. It's the mood Monroe of choices. <laughs> it's like, I just hate it so much. Like, the, it's just a fucking regular black iPhone uh-huh. it, that belongs to some PA, I guess. Sure. You know, the, the, the best thing I can say is that it's, it's a cowardly attempt to copy off another more popular show, Love Island. Right. Where getting a text is integrated into the show. Yeah. But even then, it comes with, like, stylized graphics and custom sound effects. And, like, this is literally just, like, nothing. Like, it's, I'm just so appalled at the non-choice they made The lack here. of effort. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a vibrate, you know? <laughs> Uh, Bella picks up the phone and it's Thomas. All the other women scramble and, and crowd around. Thomas asks if he can speak with Jasmine. And Bella hands the phone over to her. No, don't do this. Don't do it. Bella, you have Thomas hostage. Exactly. Exactly. You I, have an active hostage situation. You have the show hostage. Yes. Nothing can happen. You're the gatekeeper right now. You are... You're Bella collecting the toll. of Champagne Dick and Oysters right. has the show by the balls. <laughs> right, exactly. And like, you know, she hasn't really popped since Champagne Dick and Oysters. Like, she, right. you must be experiencing the sensation that there are other people pulling ahead of you. Right. Maybe right. not, you know, maybe she's saying lots of other funny stuff and they're just not using it. I imagine that's probably true. But like, you could probably sense that you're not like a you're romantic frontrunner. You're exactly right. So this is your opportunity to be like, uh, Jasmine's busy at the moment. Yeah, Jasmine 
can't come to the phone she's right now sick. because she's she's dead. actually she's sick. And yeah. so, yeah, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Maybe we could hang out. You know, let's. Uh, what Where are you? are you later? Yeah, exactly. Even if they don't do a date, which I get, you yeah. know, there's structures in place. Use this as an opportunity to flirt. Yes, and get a little screen time and make me go, ha ha, Bella, good one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Thomas invites Jasmine on a single date and then moments later, the phone rings again and bizarrely, it's Damien. This is weird. How did they all get this number? What the fuck? (laughs) Damien is calling for Jess, who walks outside with the phone. We don't see the phone call. No. Don't know why. But Jess tells the group, quote, Damien has invited me to come over to see where he's staying and have a conscious conversation. This is a loaded phrase. Yeah, so this phrase comes up a few times in this episode, and I was determined to find out what where it comes from, what group is it a dog whistle to? You know, I was like, oh, well, that's got to be the name of something they teach in some friend business or, you know, like it's yep. like it's like when you wear a T-shirt that you find out later on was made by your friend's company or, you know, like. Right, right. But I couldn't find anything. Oh, I, so I, I know about this. Okay, great. Yeah. So conscious conversation appears to be a phrase that comes from the like spiritual sort of world. Yes, like I sense that. Yes. Um, and the proprietor of this phrase, mm. the most prominent proprietor that I can find yeah. is Jess's mum. Oh, no way. <laughs> That's really interesting. So on uh, her Facebook page, I did some digging. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. I did of some course. research for this podcast. Hey, Max, I love you. Here, uh, she has said conscious conversations at Tea with Mo on tonight, both offered via energy philanthropy, pay what you feel. Here is our other offerings available. Check out our website, etc. Interesting. So it seems to be like a practice that sort of sort of comes from this spiritual world. There's some other stuff about Jess's family where they may not be, let's say, that into the vaccine. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some things about that too. Uh, so this sort of like fits in with this like spiritual right wing, some kind of interesting worldview. We don't like know the borders of it really right, exactly you but know, that like makes we just like an ideal candidate for thomas don't right, you think right i mm. wonder if she's considered it um but it certainly makes her an ideal candidate for the bachelor oh australia god yes uh you know conscious conversation there's nothing weird about that and the idea of having a you know sitting down and having a thought out conversation is like great and necessarily needs to what like is what needs to happen yeah exactly and also it's just that the phrase comes up a few times and it feels deliberate it feels very very deliberate it feels like something that's learned and i think she's learned it from her mom um but then listen if you want um receipts Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook is um, I post a little screenshot of that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. If you um if you want to join, this has been a buzzing a buzzing couple of weeks <laughs> for our community. Uh, if you want to come in, say hi, yeah, talk yeah. to us about the show. We would love to hear. Even more if you're listening to you. this after the season, we're still hanging out. In yeah, there. what's up? I got nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- okay, so this is pretty unprecedented. Yeah. Actually, the this I think this is the first date. Well, I don't know what to call this. Like when I. When I'm keeping my records in my little grids yeah. of how many group dates and single dates everybody has had, do I record this one that no. is between Damien and Jess? No, this is an asterisk. Yeah, I guess you're right. It needs its own separate column. This is like when a, um, a professional athlete breaks a record, but then it comes out later that they've been using steroids. Right, this exactly. This is a Lance Armstrong. Yeah, like it's worth noting, but we don't consider it as part of the exactly. usual. It's yeah. not canon. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm doing that with a lot of things this season mm. and with you know, Ellie and Becky and everything. The, the grids have gotten out of hand, I got to say. And it's not, I'm not happy about it. Um, 
the phone rings a third time. It is picked up by Zara, who we haven't mentioned this before about Zara, but she has a pretty noticeable North American accent. Yeah. Um, and Felix answers the phone saying, hello, is that Crystal? What a fucking idiot. So like, funny. Of all the people's voices to misinterpret, like Crystal has maybe the most recognizable voice in the cast. Right. And she to complete strong... those two voices. Right. So she has a keep... strong Essex accent. And then the only other person who maybe compares with her on the recognizable voice front is Zara, who has this American accent. I know. They're completely different. Very strange. Anyway, again, Zara willingly passes the phone off to Crystal. And Felix asks if she would like to go out to lunch. I was going to say, I didn't remember Zara being on this date. Like, you would think that you would remember... Oh, she's not on the date. A Spanish multinational retail clothing chain going on a date with Felix. <laughs> Specialising in fast fashion and selling clothing, clothing, accessories, shoes, beauty products and perfumes. Mm-hmm. But apparently not. No, it slipped our minds. So, let's talk about the first single date. This is a bushwalk... A bush doof. <laughs> could be Could be interesting. Um, between Thomas and Jasmine, goes for like three minutes. Just absolutely, single dates are the lowest priority of this show. This is so good. It's I wild. love this date though. Uh, they're going for a bushwalk. Jasmine was originally here for Jed, but Thomas says, quote, I do live by the ethos of keeping myself open to the universe. Mm, same, babe. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, he praises Jasmine for taking a big swing, although obviously she did not take quite as big of a swing as Leah did <laughs> in episode three. Um, we we haven't checked in on this for a while, but there is some pretty obvious future Thomas popping yeah. up in the ITMs here. Um, his hair is different. He's wearing a slightly different gray top from shot to shot. But also, I want to flag this. It looks like he might be in front of a green screen. Oh. So that... They can just like add him on top of the Gold Coast ITM backgrounds, but that would shoot make sense. him, you know, definitely three weeks ago in well, Sydney. So they do that in all kinds of different shows. Sure, yeah. yes. Um, but I think it's it's once I started noticing it, I was surprised to the degree that there is actually heaps and heaps of more recently shot stuff, and right. not like that. I don't know if the storyline has changed or they've decided to go a different way with We've it recut, or we're re-editorializing. Yeah. This is it just become important or whatever they, but they like spent so long thinking about this season that they had in the tank that they were like, eh, mm. let's get it back in and set, you know, like that's really interesting. It's like when you're sitting on a piece of music or something that you haven't released yet and you're like, Oh, what if I could edit it a little bit more? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm noticing this just to distract myself from, Talking about what happens on this date mm, just after God, this. Oh, this is mm, delicious. They, they sit down for a wine on the grass by a stream. It's hitting me that I have not said the words batchy couch for the entire season. That's wild. They I they got rid of they them. They don't exist. Yeah. They were like, We're in Queensland now. We Sick. don't need we to don't need to yeah. sit on couches. We can just sit on the grass. We can earth ourselves. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. I mean Thomas. A conscious conversation probably an easy sell on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine talks about how physical intimacy is a huge part of her relationships. Thomas replies with this, and unfortunately, I'm going to need to hear it in the voice, Max. Uh, Can we get a spotlight on Max, actually, please? Thank you. Thank you. That's much better. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. I'm ready for my soliloquy. Mm-hmm. He goes, My name Borat! <laughs> no! I like you! This is such a bad I Borat. like sex! What the hell? He's nice! That's your Borat? That's my Thomas Malucelli doing Borat. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. He says... I thought for sure, for sure we were going to hear the piss speech. 
No. The Jamie Dore and Piss speech. Uh, I love, I love that he just says, I like sex in the middle of this. It's re- okay, okay, okay. He goes, absolutely. I love to give physical touch. I love to receive physical touch. I'm very big on all of it. Big on all. I love sex. I love to explore. I love to have fun. I'm a man of service, so yeah. <laughs> oh, I got through all of it without vomiting. Yeah, you understand why I had Impressive. to preface with Borat. Yes, exactly. You yeah. needed to, yeah, sort of appetite an aperitif, you know. He said, "I had feelings for Eleanor." <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, uh, upset. I was swiping left oh. at my TV. Oh. This um, it was gag pretty repulsive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jasmine digs it. They share their first kiss. She's as like, he's so mature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we just note the twelve-year age difference between them here? True. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, is this acceptable. Half his age plus seven. Twenty-four. She's right on the precipice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's it's none of my beeswax really. But okay. I'm surprised there's not more discourse about it. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine confirms in ITM that Thomas is the one she wants to be with in the end, adding, if I want Thomas and Thomas wants me, there's nothing that's going to stop it. Um, I want to flag something weird. Yeah. She evidently got a rose on this date. Oh. Because she's not up for elimination at the rose ceremony at the end of this episode, but we never see it. Interesting. What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Do we watch them make out? Yes. Okay. They make out, but we don't see the rose. Maybe the rose is just assumed. Yeah. You know how we have an assumed rose on The Bachelor? <laughs> the double delight rose. You know, it bothers the me that we didn't get a rose. special event rose this time yeah. around with a funny name. Yeah. This is what they took from us, you know? Uh, anyway. The is key this to the batch pad. Right. Is this a date? Probably not. It's more of a conscious conversation between Jess and fucking Damien. Oh, my God. We're back to this courtyard kiss with the bronze statue that we saw at the top of the episode. Right. Uh, and after that, they sit on a wicker chair together. Mm. I'm not counting it. It's not decorated. It's not a batch couch. doesn't count. Uh, Damien says that they haven't had a conscious conversation since this thing started, so they both need some clarity. Jess praises Damien for his maturity, to which he says the anxiety all dripped away the moment he saw her. Quote, not being able to tell you that I love you has been one of the hardest things about this experience, um, he says, before adding that he really likes Felix. I think he's a really good guy. Well, you didn't, you didn't spend that much time together, Come on. did you? Yeah. <laughs> you probably thought he was all right. Uh, Felix and the, handled himself well on that day, I, I think. I guess so. I just, like, is he a good guy? It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, we begin cross-cutting between this conversation and the other single date between Felix and Crystal. Um, Fistel. <laughs> I wish we could give them a couple name. I wish we could, but I do not. I do not perceive them as a couple on any level. No, it's very sad. Felix described this date as lunch when he spoke to Crystal on the <laughs> phone. He was yeah. like, "Would you like to come to lunch with me?" But Crystal has a glass of white wine, and Felix has a schooner of beer. Now, I am not one to judge about food habits. Long lunch. But that is not what I would consider a balanced meal. Mm. Uh, kind of a letdown. If I was Crystal, I'd be taking that as a bit of a sign. Interesting. Um, anyway, Jess and Damien discuss how Jess had always wanted to be with somebody who was on the same wavelength as them. Right. Who she could have conversations with and wouldn't have to teach about stuff. I think particularly to do with her polyamory or, you know choices she wants to make to do with her romantic sort of lifestyle and that kind of thing. 
Um, so obviously that's not Felix, right? No. It's really strange that they keep this in because like one of the key things about Felix, one of his like defining character traits as a bachelor is that he's never been in a relationship before. Right. He's never been in love. And also he like openly balked at the idea of her being in an open relationship. He said, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. He was like not on board. He's learning to become gradually more on board. But if we're talking about like what Jess was looking for, all of those red flags should have gone up immediately. I don't know if it's Damien either. Interesting. What, what makes you say that? Well, so she's like, I want someone who's on the same wavelength mm-hmm. as me. And not to invoke the Kyle and Jackie O radio breakfast program oh, dear. on this podcast. How is this coming up? She was on the show this week. Okay, right. And so oh, what she said was that she wants to move, pursue acting, explore the world... Right. Damien is yeah. a father of one who wants to stay in Townsville. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize he had a child. So he has a two-year-old daughter and he wants to stay in Townsville for her. Right. So and I... she, I'm guessing, doesn't want to stay in Townsville. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're not really on the same way. But maybe that's the, maybe the vibe is that because she and Damien are not necessarily like going to be a permanent, long-lasting thing or whatever. Yeah. Then she's looking for somebody who is right. Like that makes it doesn't necessarily cancel each other out. Right. But it's just that it seems to me like Felix would have probably set off a few of the alarm signals of being like, well, that's not quite exactly. Maybe I need to try dating. Anyone else, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the moment, it seems like everyone is kind of stuck between a, uh, well, a good-looking rooster and a conscious conversation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny comedy edit here. Jess says, for example, I taught him the five love languages the other day. And then we cut right to Felix, who is rattling them all off to this Crystal so on their good. date. This is so... This is textbook bachelor ring it's really funny it's so good that he's just like he learned this on this date and now he's putting it into action on this date right but also excellent i I like that he's not really putting it into action because he's not saying like i think the connection that we share is to do with this love like he's just saying i know what they are he's right he's counting on his fingers (laughs) he's like i got them all that's sick (laughs) i'm so proud of him good boy we should give him a little treat he should get a treat uh really funny um and she gives him this big supportive like wow felix like you know well scratching done. him under the chin yeah yeah you know? um and then he says this is a dude that took japanese for five years and doesn't remember a word of it so i think this is really interesting this is funny to me because this exactly mirrors the beachside chat that he had with thomas at the start of the episode right yeah where his words were literally She's asking me about love languages and stuff, and it may as well be Japanese for all I know. Right. And this clues us into the fact that I don't think Felix even remotely views Crystal as a romantic choice, like a genuine possibility. How did you get here? Because he's having, he's rehashing the exact same conversation that he had with Thomas, his oh, best his friend. Bro. He talks to them the exact same way. He's even saying the exact same words to each wow. other. Wow. Okay. I think, like, and there's supportive evidence as we proceed here. Yeah. I think he's just keeping Crystal around. He's not really interested in her. This feels like such a friendly chat and not remotely a date to me. Uh, It's interesting. I feel like he thinks that she's hot and he wants to make out with her. He may well think she's hot. Yeah. He may well want to make out with her. But I don't think that she's a serious romantic contender. Right. At this is fascinating. I hadn't thought about it in these terms. There was also... uh, there's, there's a little behind-the-scenes clip on the 10Play website, which I don't expect anybody to watch and is not, in fact, really worth watching, but it has a little bit of uh, deleted 
footage or like outtake or whatever from this date. Uh-huh. Where um and it's just comedy, it's just humor, you know. Crystal has started making Felix do 10 push-ups every time he does an impression of her voice. That's great. Because it apparently just seems to be coming up. Or whenever he's like quoting her or something, he'll do a bit of the accent. That's great. Again, God forbid we see this much personality on the actual show from I Felix. I know, I know. But that vibe and the vibe of like, you just did it again, time for 10 more push-ups, it's not flirty, even though it could be. I Yeah, yeah. The way that it's played, and you'll maybe have to take my word for it if you don't watch it, it's Won't. just... Friends having fun, okay, and it's real nice, and I don't hate that at all. Yeah, but I think as as the as their relationship, I was paying attention to it this episode. It really doesn't seem to be there's not sparks, right? Exactly, yeah, or love sparks, right? Um, but believe it or not, and and perhaps in contrast to everything I just said, Crystal also gets a rose that we didn't see, right? I I don't I don't know. She's yeah, so she's not up for elimination. Mm. Um. It, to me, this felt like this chat, this single date was mostly a strategic planning meeting for what he's going to do about Jess. Now, granted, everything in this episode kind of feels that way. Right. But like Crystal is just there to facilitate his thought process. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but she's she's safe. She gets through another week because she's a fucking great commentator. Yeah. And I think the producers know that. We talked about they it last her. episode. She's really fantastic. Yeah. Jess tells Damien that option number one is to leave the show and go back to him. Option number two is that they break up and she explores things with Felix. And option number three is to have two boyfriends if both of them are okay with it. Quote, but that doesn't feel right to me. So what is this? Exactly. What's the plan? Uh, And again... I don't know. Maybe I, I, I have to assume that she's just talking about her very specific situation. Right. But when she uses language like that doesn't feel right to me, I can't help but think that that's kind of a bit conservative about the concept of polyamory more right. broadly. I'm trying yeah. not to frame it that way, but um, just in the same way that you talk about a lot of difficult and complicated issues on this show. Yeah. You have to be aware that it's going to get boiled down and some people are going to willfully or unwillfully misinterpret it. Right, exactly. And the show will go out of its way to willfully misinterpret if it serves the purpose of drama and entertainment. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think that might be what's happening here. The thing that I keep circling back to is the idea of multiple sexual partners. Yeah. You know, like I think that that might be where Jess's closest definition of what um, her preferred relationship might be like. Yeah. Um, but, but if that's the case, she needs to be much more communicative about it. Right, exactly. I don't even know if she has those words, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, like, well, but then yeah. she kind of does, right? Yeah. So if we flash back to the Cali Beach Club, we see her talking about how maybe 10 years down the road, mm. she's in a relationship with Felix, but it's not feeling spicy enough in the bedroom. And so then they would bring someone else in. Like she's articulating kind of what she wants here. Yeah. I just, I don't know that the, the label that is being given by the show and in some cases by Jess and Damien mm. necessarily matches quite what is more... Uh, I mean, I'm talking at my ass, but accurately reflective of what I think that this might represent to m- more people. Well, I think the vibe is that she, broadly speaking, wants to keep her options open. Yeah. And that's been interpreted as she wants to have an open relationship, which yes. may not necessarily yes. be the case. That's the core difference. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, Damien says, baby, I do love you. Imagine you said it oh, like I did. Baby. baby. <laughs> 
Uh, I do love you. I love you very much. And Jess says, I know you do. And I love you too. She ums her way through this whole conversation though. This is the other part of this. That's true. Yeah. Like he is pouring his heart out and she's going, mm, mm, Yeah, mm. it's true. And the love you feels really forced from her at the end. It feels right. like she has to give something back. But she does. You know, she, does she give could it back. Not. Yeah. Uh, they kiss. We are no closer to resolving this at all after spending the entire episode discussing it. We've maybe got a couple of extra details here and there, but... Some of them feel like they might contradict each other. It's quite difficult to pass. Yeah. So let's go to the rose ceremony. There's some question as to whether Jess will even be there yeah. now that this I love you and this kiss has happened. But then she is there. Uh, but like a little bit late. They withhold her. Right. Yeah, so they walk most of the women in. Yeah. And then there's like three more women to go. And so this is the weird thing is that... Like, that's a well-orchestrated little, like, oh, we're adding an extra, like, 30, 45 seconds of tension towards the end of this episode. Yeah. But then also, it's just her and Lou yeah. who walk in right at the end. Poor I'm like, Lou. what's Lou's story? How right. does she, you know, do we know anything about Lou? We know some things about Lou just because they've been posted in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. Okay, but I, I looked in that, th you know, I didn't even know what questions to ask about Lou. Right, Somebody exactly. went to school with her, which means that we now know that she went to school. We absolutely have that piece of information. On the record. Right, exactly. And that is the kind of insight that you can get <laughs> from the BOH pod, both on the airwaves and in the Facebook groups. Absolutely. On Patreon for $5 a month if you are so interested in bonus <laughs> episodes from here forward. We have not yet talked about Lou on the Patreon, just to be completely transparent. But there will be a whole episode dedicated to Lou Oh, we're on doing Lou month. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, when's that coming up? I wish we could just skip to my Lou month. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, I notice also that all of the women who are not part of this rose ceremony, due to having not been on the group date, mm. still have to get all dressed up and hair and makeup and uncomfortable shoes and everything just so they can sit on the couch for Make a bit. It be a proper peanut gallery. Yeah. That's what they, I would like. Well, yeah, they, they, they often call on them, but this time around they don't. And so I'm just thinking like, fuck, they all wasted an outfit on this. Yeah, you know? or put them, in fact, send them to the batch pad. Mm. Give them binoculars. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You know, like let them watch from a distance. Yeah, yeah. And let them interpret what's happening. I want to say maybe there was a cocktail party before this that just got completely cut. Couldn't say. Of course not. I mean, maybe they went to the moon. Maybe. <laughs> you know, we. It, you can't prove they didn't. Can't prove they didn't go to the planet moon. Exactly. Um, Osher asks Jess if she is any more sure about what she's going to do. And she like... Fully takes like 20 seconds, basically mming her way through that she is not any closer. This is, it's so frustrating to watch mm. because she is choosing her words so carefully. Yeah. And which, like, I respect feel, because she should. She should, absolutely. But it also makes her feel manipulative because the show has set her up in this way. And also, I, I'm opening my, I'm opening my brain up to the possibility that maybe she is manipulating this, yeah. these men. Yeah, yeah. And the women on the show. We just don't know. We just don't know. Anyway, Jed picks Courtney. Felix picks Lou. Good on you, Lou. <sighs> Jed picks Alicia. Thomas picks Leah. Felix picks Big Gail. Jed picks Angela. Thomas picks Kiki. And finally, Felix does, in fact, pick Jess. Cue the goops and the gags. And unfortunately, it is farewell to Zara. Oh, Zara. Hard to say why. She looks lovely in her C-3PO cosplay. Ha! Uh, and all that she's done this week is, one, check on Felix to see if he's okay. Big no-no. No, can't do that. And two, 
answer the phone when oh, it was right that's next to a her. Opportunity. And I guess not be Crystal. She would be kicking herself for not being Crystal on the phone. Yeah. Well, I think maybe part of it is like that reminded him that she exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, I've got to do like, something about that. Oh, yeah. Fucking Zara. Jesus. Shit. Um, anyway, she hugs Big Gale and Jess, silently kisses Felix on the cheek and waves goodbye. Sure was nice getting to know her. Prior to episode one, Zara was on 813 followers on Instagram, and since leaving the show, has rocketed up to 951. Not that is a surge of 138 new Imagine followers. Imagine not being Good able grief. to use your Instagram for nine months for the sake of 100 followers. So, so bleak. sad. Just bleak. Let's move directly along into the next episode, which is, of course, The Bachelor Australia Season 10, Episode 7, which aired on Wednesday, the 18th of January. We pick up right after the previous rose ceremony. Yeah. And it's Tilly's POV that guides us in. She's dead keen to check in with Felix, probably sensing that it's been, like, two episodes since we last really followed her storyline. Um I feel like this show does not really provide an opportunity for a more obvious yes than Tilly has been getting so far. Absolutely. Uh, between the constant makeouts, the hoojus on group dates, uh, and 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 you know just everything, it's over Till almost. <laughs> it is. That's a great point. Uh, but Tilly knows that the aim of the game is to take every chance. So Tilly and Felix go for a chat aside. And this brews some envy in his other women. And fair enough, as Crystal points out, he hasn't even said hello to them yet. Um, so I'm, ge- I'm guessing, by the way, that that confirms there was no cocktail party before the rose ceremony right. last episode okay. because he hasn't so said hi yet. But. Now he's going in and being like, it's time to mingle. Yeah. Time to put his fingers in pies and slaver. And he goes, oh, Tilly. Tilly. I like Tilly. I like Tilly. And Tilly. We'll get to the rest later. To her credit, I suppose. Yeah. In a, a great move of Bachelor Reading, pulls him first. Yeah. You want to be the first responder whenever you can. Absolutely. So we see Crystal telling the other women that she wishes Tilly had a bit more awareness around them. Uh, while in ITM, Jess says she doesn't think that Tilly did anything wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, we see Felix apologize to Tilly for not giving her enough time. He says he'll try and work something out, quote, even if it's potentially back-to-back single dates. You never know. Now, that won't happen. I can guarantee it. Really? Well, I don't know for sure, but I know for sure. You know what I mean? Um, I think that would be such a good move from the show. I agree. I think it would be very interesting. I don't think he's going to do it. And I also think that he knows that it won't happen. Right. And he's lying and it's a red flag. Who's he picking? What do you mean? Who's he picking at the end of this? Oh, who's he picking? I don't know. It it could be her. It could be nobody. Uh, I think he's picking Tilly. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be two single dates back to back. Right. Like next episode. I guess we'll see. Yeah. But... Um, I, 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 I don't, I think that's, that's a promise that he won't fulfill. Mm. I think he is lying through his veneers. <laughs> um, but they share a kiss. The other women, of course, see this kiss. Yes. Which raises the tension even more. Crystal approaches Felix to say, you, you know, could you at least maybe say hi to everybody before you, uh, run off with Tilly or whatever. And then, uh, he, you know, in classic Felix style gets defensive. Anyway, he storms off. He's swearing under his breath. In ITM, Bella describes Felix as a boat and Tilly is his engine. 
That, I think that might be the first time a bachelor has ever been compared to a boat. It's the closest thing we're going to get to a boat date, I reckon, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. We're on the Gold Coast. There's so much water. I, you know what? I think we'll get something. I'm crossing my heart. Here's the thing that I I'm haven't really... You know, we've been so rushed through these episodes that I haven't spared much thought about this. But, like, we don't really know if there will be, for example, hometown dates... Or family like visits, or meet the you know the meet the parents thing, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. will there be travel for the final episodes or anything like all this stuff? I have not even considered. I feel like I am comfortable saying that there will be no travel. Okay. I think that all of the other things are pretty up in the air. I feel like we might meet the families of the bachelors, mm. but I don't know if we'll be going to any hometowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like I'd be surprised. Well, so this week is being marketed as finale week for the show. Right. Which doesn't necessarily rule out hometowns, but traditionally it would be uh, marked as hometown week. That's true. Although traditionally it would be because there is both a hometown week and a finale week. True. Whereas we're putting out, they're calling this finale week, even though the finale is after, uh, I talked about it on Twitter, but... Like, that encompasses everything that's left. So yes. maybe it has it, maybe it doesn't. But yeah, normally that would be a separate thing. We have another screamingly obvious music cue where shots of the sun rising over the Queensland coastline are soundtracked by a singer going, it was a good day, good day, and it's only just begun. <laughs> uh, frankly, unnecessary at the best of times that music nonsensical but it, lyrics as yes, well yes truly but also it drowns out a truly funny moment where all of the women are just sitting around obviously bored as shit and they abruptly just start chanting single date single date <laughs> single date we see an unidentifiable contestant i have no idea who this is um get this it's a white blonde lady um, who is peering through the telescope up at the batch pad while holding a handwritten sign reading, take me on a date. Great. Which is really funny. I like this. And I want to give that person credit, but I don't know who it is. Uh, I, f I forgot about the telescopes. The telescopes is good. Have we talked enough about how bizarre that is? To be honest with you, I love to peer. Sure. Yes. It's really great to be able to peer. You're into... something of a peeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, a peeping Thomas, if you will. Oh, that's true. Well, it is Thomas who's looking through it. That's right. Good yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it has something to, it, there's something to be gleaned about, like, we live in a surveillance state or like the fact that the telescope is always trained on them is just a reminder that yeah, even if the camera's on, on, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It's the Big secret. brother's watching us. Yeah. No, um, I look, let me say, if I'm walking past someone's house and the door's open, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking in. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to see what you got what's, in there. What's going on? What's your hallway look like? Ooh, a dog? You, ooh, mm. Christmas tree still up? Come on. Come on. You know, that kind of thing. Do a bit better. Yeah, yeah. It's bachelor season. If I can see their TV. Yeah, listeners, have you put up your bachelor tree yet? <laughs> I assume so. We're almost, yeah. almost finished with the season. Yeah. We watch the fellas walk towards the mansion in a slow motion shot. They will never get there at that speed. <laughs> Uh, and the score goes, ooh, yeah, yeah. I've just written it down in my notes. I'm like, I don't remember how the notes go. It's um, not, it doesn't matter. It's probably about the that The melody good. is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is interesting. The men invite some women for single dates who we've basically never talked about before. Uh, Jed invites Angela, who scored one of the first kisses, but then completely faded into the yeah, background until now. Off, she dropped off the 
face of the earth, didn't she? Gotcha, yes. Didn't have to take that a number of times. You didn't say, dropped off the faith hill of the earth, and I didn't think about trying to make a this kiss joke. No, and I'm not still thinking about trying to make a this kiss joke. Unthinkable. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Impossible. Uh, Thomas invites Lauren, who I don't think we even, we've mentioned at all Never. Uh, we see, there's a very green screened video of future Thomas saying that Lauren caught his eye from the very beginning, which is a fucking lie. That is not true. Don't even try. What no. are you talking about? Uh, and yes, Felix invites Tilly. Um, and the show is starting to do some weird stuff with Tilly. She's starting to get like pretty villain sounding music when she appears on screen and we're seeing a lot of ITMs from other women who have a problem with how forward she is being um, which I get but also it is pretty reductive Uh, it's invited some comparisons online with the kind of slut shaming that Abby Chatfield experienced on Matt Agnew's season yeah I think it's something to keep an eye on because Tilly's definitely going to be sticking around I'm looking for the differences because I know that was such a big talking point of that season of like, and that's kind of the, well, I don't know. Are they trying to create another Abby by duplicating the circumstances or? I don't know. Like she's being forward in a love competition. Right. And that she asks is her to be forward. sexual. Right. Uh, and the bachelor is reciprocating. Yeah. Those are the ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that they've learned some lessons from the way that, uh, you know, Abby was uh, portrayed. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. Although that. I liked Abby on the show. Right. It was exactly. more the public. Yeah, yeah. It's the way discourse. that the people reacted and the way that the, the women reacted. Yeah. And so for me, that tells me that what's being done is like uh, the environment that the show fosters mm. is the same, mm. even though we've made all of these changes to the way that it presents as The Bachelors. Yeah. Well, uh, this is interesting. The single date is not a single date. I mean, it's, it kind of is, but it's also, it's, it's, it's three. Yeah. It's all of them in the one, you know. The Thratchelers are so, on a date. Yeah. And like, you know, I want to applaud them because we have actually gone to a destination yep. where a thing happens yep. for once. But I guess to offset the cost of doing that, all three bachelors have brought three women to this, well, one woman each to the same place. So we don't get three separate... Anyway, whatever. Uh, It's The Pink Flamingo, a fucking cool indie cinema space in Marrickville, which hosts regular screenings of rare cult art and trash cinema. Incidentally, probably the place I would suggest for us to do a live show if we ever get the chance. Max is making a big face. Isn't it The Pink Flamingo on the Gold Coast? Uh, Let me check my notes. Oh, you know what? I think you might be right. I think this is... I think this is a separate place called the Pink Flamingo. Queensland, yeah, yeah. where the rest of The Bachelors takes place. Yeah, yep. that actually makes a lot more sense now yep. that I think about I it. I don't know that they flew them to Sydney for this. Yeah, because I didn't notice a lot of, like, for example, like, you know, tiered cinema seating or... Like the Harbour Bridge or anything like that. Sure, I feel like yeah. they would have, you know, maybe shown a shot of them on a plane or... Yeah, yep. it's all actually starting to really click into place now. I'm so glad you're keeping me on track here. Here we are. Um... No, yes, it's 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 this place in Queensland with the same name where we would probably also do a live show if we got the chance. If absolutely. Did some quick maths. Uh, apparently, like, 16% of our listeners are from Queensland. Okay. So, 
Pink Flamingo has a standing capacity of 500 people. Mm. So all we need to do is grow our overall audience by like maybe five to 10 times over what we've done over the past six and a half years. Right. Uh, and we'll be able to fill it yeah, look, if everyone's like, free and yeah, decides to come. it really good to be at capacity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want to, you know, just half Standing film. room only at the right. Pink Flamingo. Um, anyway, yes, it's a sexy burlesque bar with lots of neon pink lighting. And as Jack Parwata pointed out on Twitter, the exact same cocktail glasses that they have at the yeah, mansion. clever. That's so weird. Yeah. Like, what's, what's that about? Shout out, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, good spotting. Max, have you ever seen the movie Burlesque? I'm asking this, you genuinely. Okay. There's a good chance. It's got it's got your friend Christine Aguilera in it. No. It's got your friend no, Cher in on, it. Hold on, hold on. No, doesn't it have like no, I'm no, that's Moulin Rouge and that's Chicago, so no, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I mean this movie is indebted to both of those. Right. Uh pretty More recent fun. than those? Twenty ten, I wanna say. Okay. Is Jennifer Hudson in it? No. Uh, but again, it's what's that Showgirls? It's indebted to show yeah, yeah. Dream, yeah. Uh, Dreamgirls, not Showgirls. Nah, what's Showgirls? Oh, show, yeah, Showgirls. This is a fucking cool mess of a movie. Is from Jennifer Hudson Paul in Verhoeven. that? She's not. No. no. What's Jennifer Hudson in? Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls with Beyonce. Right. And Beyonce is in Goldmember. Austin Powers <laughs> in Goldmember is a movie that I have seen. Great. Excellent. Um, I think you should watch. Uh, no, I can't remember. I think I should listen to Dream Theater. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should watch Burlesque. Uh, right. It's got it's got three entire songs that explain what Burlesque is oh. at different points in the movie. Um, Christina Aguilera suddenly out of nowhere becomes a real estate expert and teaches Cher about air rights. Cher's in this movie. Cher is in this movie. Yeah, she's the owner of the Burlesque bar. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fun. Is this where the movie Car Wash comes from? Or the song Car Wash? It's not. That's from a movie called Car Wash. Oh, <laughs> You'll be shit. surprised to hear. It's where I don't know. Um, I don't know what your relationship with with uh, Christina Aguilera is. Um, uh, it's dirty. <laughs> oh, tell me more. It's about time for my arrival. It's a great movie if you really like when she goes. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. If you like vocal runs, yeah, I yeah. love I love vocal runs. I love over singing. You'll be begging for her to stop by the end of that movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the three bachelors react to this burlesque act featuring a man and a very limber woman um, in about the ways that you would expect. Awooga! <laughs> so Jed, Jed, he shows some respect for this performance mm. because, you know, he reflects on he, and I actually didn't realize this about Jed. He is actually also an artist as well. Ah. So he's like, mm, oh, yes, performance. Aren't we all, all our, uh, isn't all the world a stage, you know? Yeah. And each of us is a hi-hat or whatever. (laughs) Um, Thomas highlights the energy of the dancers. He's probably wondering what kind of supplements they take to be able to, you know, do all these acrobatic acts. Yes. As for Felix, you won't be too surprised to hear that he is a slobbering, horny mess. I love that they are both slobbering, horny messes. Yeah. It's really, like, they've just found each other. Yeah. And it's going to be lovely for them for, like, six months. Felix starts slamming his fist on the table, steam shooting out his ears as his eyes grow enormous in size, forming into the shape of love hearts and popping straight out of his face. He springs up out of his chair, panting, before pulling a big mallet out of his pocket and bonking himself over the head with it repeatedly. And as the performance comes to a close, he sort of droops down into his chair like he's turned into liquid. (laughs) And then tiny little birds hover in a circle around his head. Uh, And he mutters to Tilly, 
You know how you... <laughs> you had to read the Thomas thing, so I have to read this dialogue, right? You yes. know how you said you were feeling horny? I don't think this is going to help. He's really set the bar high for me. Can I live up to this? I'll be brutally honest with you. No. Five minutes of missionary is probably not as exciting as this. Now This was so funny. That's again. so funny. And again, I'm like, does Felix actually secretly have a personality? He definitely does. Because that's that's the funniest thing I've ever heard come from his lips, except maybe for his very weird kissing. <laughs> oh yeah, that is that is bizarre also. But no, like I think he's self-aware. I think he knows who he is. I think he knows he's a, ho- a huge horn dog. Yeah. He just doesn't realize that the show's going to take massive advantage of him. Yeah, I think that's that's it, right? Yeah, is he's he... too trusting in this experience, <laughs> which is so dumb. Oh, he's got a head full of rocks, but you know what are we what are we going to do? <sighs> Thomas talks about how there's been a spark with Lauren since the beginning. And uh, <laughs> to prove this, hilariously, we flash back to all of the classic moments of Lauren. For example, yeah. three seconds from the first episode when she asked if he had ever done hot yoga, to which he replied, I have. And then she said, how I good have. is that? And he replied, so good. So good. That's it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Lots Lauren. Of good moments with Lauren. Yeah, she she's watched this show before, I think, and she realizes mm. that this is her opportunity to uh, seize the moment yep. and and to deploy her tragedy reveal twist. Yeah, she's really carpe dming this tragedy reveal twist. Right. Um, he asks how she feels about the prospect of marriage, perhaps at the end of this. Yeah. And she jumps right into divulging that she grew up in a broken home. She Perfect. wants a marriage if it's going to be safe and secure. She wouldn't say yes unless she was sure that she wanted in her that person in her life forever. Um, really well played, if you ask me. And Thomas is all too happy to agree. That's exactly what he wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of green screen future Thomas in ITM trying to convince us that this storyline with Lauren is very important and going somewhere. Which, like, I don't know. Maybe it is. Dark horse. Yeah. Because obviously we talk about this a lot, but... Often the actual winner, the front runner, gets pretty, you know, quiet edit for the first gets little while. Gets buried for a little while, and then all of a sudden it emerges and they go boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare that it's someone who, like, we truly don't see. You yes. know, like, Lauren is, I would say, at least up till this episode, the most background character. Agree. She's someone I could not have identified prior to this. Um Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Tilly and Felix get the silly strings because they are attempting to move beyond just making out. Uh, and it's, uh, it's kind of not working. Can't. Yeah. They have some slightly mundane chat, but it, uh, it continues to snowball. But meanwhile, Jed takes Angela away for a more intimate chat. And the way this fucking thing is filmed, particularly this sequence, is so fucking terrible. Tell me. So we talked a little bit at the start of the season about the long-range cameras that they're using yeah. in this season, yeah. which is great in theory. Um, but either the camera operators aren't used to this style of shooting or... Something went wrong that day. Or there's an intentional choice to make a lot of the show look really shitty on purpose, which sounds like I'm just being shady on my podcast. But I think there's a reason. Yeah. I think... Um, if they make it look like the cameras had to like struggle to capture the action, oh, it, it gives it you the subconscious impression that uh, 
you know, it's it's all exciting and it's, it's unpredictable and it's seeing this. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it makes it seem more kinetic just because there's a lot of motion on yeah. screen. Um, Where are we right now? What's we're the still location? in the nightclub. Okay. Yeah, um, but in order to achieve that that effect of of uh, unpredictable camera movements and stuff like that, uh-huh. they're sacrificing a lot of like legibility and polish from the finished product. Mm. I have a few friends who have like various sensory sensibilities, sure. uh, sensitivities, sorry. And like, I think about them when this shit happens because, you know, not that this is a show that at the best of times is particularly friendly to, you know, anybody who's prone to overstimulation or whatever, but right. uh, it's, it's a trade-off that they're making, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I also think they are using this as a technique to disguise the fact that a lot of this dialogue is audio edited in post we're not seeing a huge amount of Angela's face as she is right. saying stuff on this date. Um, so I think that by, you know, doing a slightly bad angle or whatever, they can get away with that. And you think like, oh, the camera person is just struggling to keep up with it rather than like, oh, the camera person is hiding the fact that they're, you know, manipulating the events. Well, that's the other part of it, right? The events are being manipulated. And if you're talking about people who might be sensory overload, we should also talk about our people who might be hard of hearing and the fact that the um, screen cap of what you might read doesn't feel the same as the Franken-bitten audio that we hear because you can hear the cuts in the audio and those things are vastly different, those right. experiences. Right, Franken-bitten audio uh, has context to it that is stripped away by a transcript or by subtitles or captions 100%. or that kind yes. of thing. Or um, by us discussing it unless we mention it, you know? Right, exactly. So let's talk about it. What does she say? Well, she says, I guess being afraid of being vulnerable is something that I'm concerned about because I'm quite closed, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. She's, she's talking about her vulnerability. She's talking about her parents' divorce. Jed is also interrupting her a bit here, which is frustrating. Um, I think, like, Jed maybe has already made up his mind. Maybe he's just, like, ticking a box by bringing her along. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of trying. Yeah. Maybe he can't get over himself or, you know, sometimes you interrupt people without meaning to or whatever. What? <laughs> he didn't quite. <laughs> Damn it. Um, keep going. But it sucks. What? Like, great. It sucks because Angela has barely had any camera time. Mm. She's barely been a part of the show. And so now that she's given a glimmer of opportunity for the show to kind of drop the ball or to decide not to worry about it as much is a bit frustrating. A little bit sucky. Yeah. Um, Angela, by the way, I found out this week, a former Miss Universe Australia. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, she's very, very beautiful. But, like, what a, like, very classically normally beautiful cast. Yeah. You know? Like, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that about just about anybody. Um, so is Jed. He was Miss Universe. Yep. Oh, good for him. Um, it seems like, I don't know, yeah, they, they've grown they've grown their bond. You know, they've grown a lot closer together. Mm. Um, but this was Even frustrating. Even in the way that you were talking about it. Yeah. It's so different to mm. the way that you would discuss something that felt important well i'm not passionately excited right. about it They've you know it's just, their bond yes it's something that happened yes um lauren asks thomas for something that he's looking for in a relationship mentally and spiritually <laughs> he says for me a relationship is all about committing to growth loving each other so deeply but also having a vision together and growing together as individuals but also as a power couple if you're not growing you're dying so growing together makes you so much stronger these are words none of these are uh, this is just word spew. Well, I wonder what this sounds like to somebody who doesn't know about the MLM. Right. Because to me, I hear him talking about growth. Mm. Obviously, we know his like previous relationship with was with uh, like Isogenics MLM colleague or, you know. Him into the business. Right. Yeah. So there was 
presumably a lot of focus on growth and uh, inviting people into their yeah. scheme and creating a larger downline and all this stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, to the point where, like, basically everything that Thomas says is poisoned by my knowledge of that, right? Right. But does this mean anything to anyone? Does this mean something to... I wonder if, like, t- Lauren probably doesn't know. Oh, yeah, no. And I think to Lauren, probably, it just sounds like this is a man who's spiritual. Yeah, and, and it sounds spiritual and it sounds kind of mature, like... Oh, certainly. Wanting to grow and wanting to grow with somebody. Mm-hmm. Nothing about that sounds negative unless you have this connotation, right? Right, exactly. Um, because I think the dot that you and I are filling in and listeners of the podcast who are watching the show as well probably is like when he says grow, maybe you're thinking my business. Yeah, your bank account or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Thomas appears to be sold on Lauren which was not on my Bachelor Australia Season 10, Episode 7 bingo card. Mm. Max, I have been making a bingo card for every episode. Ah. <laughs> just, to, just to keep myself busy. Great. My life is enthralling. Ah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Felix is still on this date. Ah. <laughs> and he tells Tilly that you have to make eye contact when you cheers with somebody. Otherwise, it's seven years bad sex. To which she, not seven years bad luck, but seven years bad sex. Gross. To which she replies, I'm already horny enough, so no more sex talk. Felix ITMs, when Tilly looks me in the eye, we both just want to kiss. Tilly is an incredibly attractive, beautiful woman, and she's very forward. She giggles, we're not very good at behaving, are we? Tilly has obviously got Felix in the palm of her hand. Absolutely. And I think the fact that she is owning her sexuality, she owns her sexuality oh, yeah. so much and uses it to her advantage. It's fucking awesome. It's really cool. It's great. It's It still feels refreshing. Yeah. I also think that Felix has her in the palm of his hand. Now, that's interesting. Do you think so? I do. Like, like I they're think getting they along are... great. Yeah. But I feel like she is having a lot of fun with him and he is like... What what do the kids say? A simp, you know? You, you think he's a simp for her? Yes. That's interesting. I think he's he's well trained. <laughs> he's like a little fucking puppy dog, you That's know? That's really interesting. No, I think that he's definitely extremely horny for her. Oh yeah, without question. In a way that um would lean, Maybe it's just that simp. I want to give but her I praise that, yeah. whereas I don't want to think about him or what he has to say about any of this Fair stuff enough. more than I have to, you know? Because, uh, like yeah, it's a it's a pretty level playing field. I think I just feel like I love that Tilly is claiming back some of the power that he has being the Bachelor. Definitely. Um, by using her sexuality. Yeah, I think that that makes them equal. I also think that he is, as we've seen him do with Jess, for example, sipping the tea. Like, I think that he knows what he's doing. And in particular with Jess, I think that he's wielding it. Mm. And that makes him a really fun Bachelor for me. Yeah. Uh, he invites her back to the batch pad. They stop for a quick smooch at the exit. They can't make it through the door without another... Make out, and then a producer says, "Wrap up, please," <laughs> which is both very funny and also maybe. And this is a kind of a, cons- I mean, it's not even a conspiracy. I'm just like, is this an insight into Felix's behavior around the crew who probably just want to like go like, home and have dinner with their move family on and move to the next scene and all this kind of stuff? Right. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just give me second. like two more minutes, you yeah, know. Yeah. Back at the batch pad, Jed grabs himself a beer and asks Angela if she wants to drink anything, maybe a wine, to which she says, yeah, anything white, (laughs) which made me chuckle. Great. You're in the right fucking place. (laughs) 
she ITMs that she is aware that she will have to let Jed know how she's feeling and where he's where she's at with him. Great meta analysis of the show and where you're at at this point in the show. Right. Because like I don't, you know, where how she's feeling, where she's at with him. I don't believe this very much necessarily. Right. But we know that this is code for I need to use some of the magic words, you know? I need to I need to give him a little something. I need to step myself mm-hmm. up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's going to then open up the possibility that he'll be able to step himself up even though he won't be able to say it. Right, exactly. So she says, we've already got something. Like, I just wouldn't be here if, I, if it wasn't worthwhile. Yeah. I love my life, but I would be there if there wasn't something keeping me here. And that's... A really well played because what it is also is like she I think she realizes she needs to put her foot on the semantic ladder that we talk about you know but she's not she, this is like the lowest rung right yeah she's preserving her ability to walk away from this unscathed Safe face yes but it is also definitely a move yes and definitely uh you know he will register that as well if he knows what the bachelor is mm-hmm. you know um does he we we don't know yeah, hard to say necessarily. I mean, you know, they, they kiss, um, which is an indicator of something, I guess. I yeah, don't know. it's centrifugal motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, impeccable. That's not one of them, is it? But it should be. Um, uh, yes, uh, Felix and Tilly decide to get into the pool. And some editor has done them dirty in a very funny way by adding in an ITM from Felix saying... Sole goal coming into this date was to find out if we can get on a deeper level conversationally. Now, that's not happening. Eh, it's so funny. It's time for the horniest, porniest pool makeout this side of Maddie J's season. Yeah. Um, a producer asks Felix in ITM, so is there a lot of chemistry between you two? And Felix says, oh, it's a lot. It was a lot. The Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, did you know that's the most popular podcast yeah, in the world? Yeah, I know world? it's the most popular podcast in oh, the world. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. stupid. We're second, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Close second. Working on it. Just need to book some more... What's your butt, Joe? Anti-vaxxers on the show. Yeah. Lauren and Thomas hop into the pool with their glasses of wine and kind of just sit there awkwardly in the corner... As Tilly and Felix continue to recreate the pool scene from Showgirls, a movie which you brought up earlier, fascinatingly enough. Um, watch Showgirls, Max. Yeah, Uma Thurman is great in it. No! What's that? Chicago? No. Who's in Chicago? Rose Byrne? Renee Zellweger <gasps> and Catherine uh, uh, Zeta-Jones. Ah, CSJ. Yeah. Married to Michael. No, Anthony I don't know who Hopkins. she's married is to. Is she married to, to Anthony Hopkins? There's no way. There's like a 40-year age gap between them. Michael Douglas. That's better. <laughs> Probably like a 30-year age gap between yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I believe that, though. Yeah. Michael Douglas loves to fuck. <laughs> hey, you know who else loves to fuck? Felix and Tilly in the pool. Conspiracy yeah. theory, I think they did it. Oh, interesting. I reckon they fucked in the pool, and that's why Thomas and... Uh, what's her name again? Tilly? Oh, Th- Thomas and Lauren. Torren had to get out. Right. Well, yeah, so they're, they're forced out of the pool mm. and, and, and into another room, which is funny, but also, like, why did they get in the pool? Oh, yeah, they shouldn't have gotten in the pool. You, you don't saw put the yourself, pool. Like, that's a hepatitis risk to begin with. <laughs> yeah. You but don't... the pool is clearly in use by the two horniest people. Right, exactly. Like, maybe these, ever. Like, these are the two horniest people who are, like, fucking around like they're dolphins. Right. 
uh, like sex Truly, dolphins. yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you the scene I'm talking about from Showgirls, and you will realize how funny it is. Right. You, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think maybe some producer was like, "Oh, you guys get in the pool as well. There's room. You got plenty of room. You got plenty. It's a big pool. Yeah. You'll it's just be in the corner. It's no big deal. No stress. We don't need to check it with uh, the other two. You know, no, they're they doing are their thing. Absolutely forced out. I feel like it's like Thomas, get the fuck out of the pool. Right. Uh, we follow Lauren and Thomas onto a couch. The camera is too zoomed in to show whether the couch has been decorated, but mm. my money's on no. I'm not going to give them credit where they don't deserve it. Thomas is shirtless and his Illuminati tattoo is facing oh, right yeah. out at the camera. And like, to be fair, they're an amazing band. Sarah Tudson is one of the best producers in the scene right now. Great. Really excited to hear more of what she's got on the, the new Boy Genius record. Okay. Um... No, I, 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 this is another thing where I'm like, where was, where was social media freaking out about this? Because this seems like this should be somebody unlocking something about this. It's interesting know? that like one of the most prominent videos on YouTube unpacking Isogenics as an ML, MLM hmm. comes from the Illuminati channel. Is that right? That's true. That's funny. Yeah. If you want to go back to episode 130, listener, where we talk about everything that's going on with Isogenics, you will hear me reference stats that I found from the Illuminati channel yeah. about how much people make from their MLM downlines within Isogenics. Sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And here's Thomas with an Illuminati tattoo. Yeah. Is it just an accent? Is, just just is it just pronounced differently in different places? the dots. You know, it's interesting. Mm. Um, Lauren asks him for an attribute of himself that needs work. And in a quite frank and bitten bit of dialogue, he says, although I was very loving, I was very selfish in my past relationships. Which, like, I don't even know what that means with that added. No. Like, it's a very... like. According to the edit, she doesn't ask any follow-up questions to this very vague statement. She's like, hmm. She's like, hmm, okay. Um, and Lauren says she was in quite a bad relationship at one point in her life, but she kept trying really hard to fix it, even though she should have just walked away. Um, I can't tell what this is, you know? I, I guess this was a good chat. I'm more invested in Lauren than I was before. But like, Me too. You know, that's because I can now see that she is a person. But like... I'm no closer to understanding anything. You know, it's just, it's her first ever camera time, you know? Yeah. Um, Thomas has a really hilarious ITM here, which I think really summarizes my thoughts about this uh, relationship overall. He says, there were certain moments when she was talking where I looked at her in the eyes and was like, where have you been all this time? Like, who <laughs> are you? <laughs> ah. I'm like, yeah, that does <laughs> just about sums it up. He tells her she's, quote, so switched on and, quote, gets it, which feels coded in some it feels, way. It feels worrying to me. I don't know what that means. I'm looking mm. at this Illuminati tattoo. I'm connecting the dots. I got my mm. uh, cork board out with my red string on it, you know, uh, but they, they smooch. I don't know. She's not going home. The women return to the mansion where a firing squad is waiting for them to tell them all the juicy details that they're brave enough to share. It's a 21-gum cum salute. <laughs> My favorite Green Day song. <laughs> As the door opens, somebody yells out, Fourth Bachelor? Which is, I'm now realizing, I think, like a, a, a mansion in-joke yeah, that right. is funnier to me every time I hear it. I think this is really good. It's a great joke. I hadn't thought about it in those. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. We've heard it come up a couple of times now, and I'm yeah. like, that's quite a good bit. Jasmine's like, bring me the Fourth Bachelor. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um. Tilly has a case of the giggles when she gets home. We see an ITM from Crystal where she quite seriously assumes that she and Felix had sex, which 
you're also <laughs> suggesting, I guess. Uh, look, I There's reckon they fucked. But I think we're having fun with it. Whereas, yeah. like, Crystal, at least as far as the edit and the music they're playing and stuff, Crystal is, like, dead serious She's about like, this. I think they fucked. It's, it's edited very tensely. Yeah. Crystal points out that she just wants to know what happened because they were together for hours. And she wants to know if they had a Crystal. <laughs> right. Um, but she's like, yeah, they were together for hours. We had basically no time on our single date, which is a great point. Yeah. And, like, 100% true. Definitely on purpose. Because I think Felix... And the show do not think of Crystal right. as a genuine romantic possibility, right. which like, and you know, I, I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole again, but like, I, and I hate to bring up race every single time that I talk about Crystal, but like, what the fuck is going on with the way that we are ignoring the- Validate our right. people of color, please. Yes, exactly. Just like, I don't know. It's fabulous that Felix chose three women of color to appear on his show, but none of them even within his- cohort gross appear to be serious contenders yeah the most serious is crystal and it's quite clear by this point that any of that is not you know he's not focusing on that side of it you know we cut to a group date where the fellas stroll through rows of fresh fruit growing on the vine so they can be turned into an alcoholic beverage and i get extremely excited that we are being set up to cop the foot juice but then they're just fucking playing giant Jenga at a gin distillery and drinking things that are poured out of bottles. Jenga. Jenga. It's pretty good. I'm so, call it. I'm so upset about this. I'm like, who fucking cares? Let me play my jingle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Felix doesn't know what croquet is. I think it's like a French sandwich. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he thinks it's mini golf. I can't even, I can't even feign surprise anymore. Mm. Like at this point he has said enough, like thuddingly dumb things that I'm like, of course you fucking don't know what what you think. I also think like probably Felix has been training for basketball his entire life. Mm. Uh, Is it excusable? No, it's not excusable that he doesn't know anything. I don't know. You don't have to know. Like, you know, nobody plays croquet unless they're in a certain tax bracket or whatever. I would just think like... (laughs) I don't know, read Alice in Wonderland or, you know, wh- sure. however people find out about things, you know? <laughs> I, do you know what? I learned all my information from Alice in Wonderland. That's right. And it's so weird that there's this big cat that keeps following me around. <laughs> That's your cat and you need to feed her. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, in the background of this scene, while they're playing some Crockett, uh, they play some music, which might be even more generic than Mood Monroe. Do you remember this at all? Did this st- no. stick out to you? Can I this tell you a quick story I about... Let's of continue. course, there's nothing here, but can I tell you a quick story about this music? Yes. So, as I was putting my notes together for this episode, I was trying to remember if this, like... Because what it is, it's like the it's like the shitty, like, Kmart toy sale core type of music yes. where it's like ukulele, glockenspiel, whistling, <sighs> you know, like, we're all having a nice time, like, yep. stupid sort of nothing music for, for background music, whatever. I don't know. your son too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's nappy ad. It's whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember if there was a widely used name for that type of music. Yeah. Because I've, I've read people talking about its proliferation. The fact that like probably half of commercials have that type of music yeah. in it or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, 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 I feel sure that somebody gave it a buzzy name or something at some point. I couldn't really find it out. But I, what I did was I typed ukulele whistle music background into Google, Uh right? No quotes around it, just those four words. I was like, that'll probably get me to whatever this thing was I remember reading. And the first thing that came up was a YouTube video from six years ago 
uh, called Sea Stock Happy Whistling Ukulele, <gasps> which is like some stock music. And I clicked on it. And I kid you not, it was the exact same piece of music that they put in the ex- in this fucking television show. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is like, so it's just ultimate kid core that they have gone and found on YouTube. Right, exactly. It's license free. They've been able to use it without paying anybody. Well, if we it was just so funny that I stumbled anybody, it. it in. <laughs> I stumbled on it. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> it's totally by accident. Uh, That's how they found it, also. Exactly. Somebody think? spent the amount of time that I spent. Which is like, to me, I'm like, that person got paid real money. <laughs> right, right. Um, thanks, as always, to our patrons keeping the show alive. But it's really funny that, like, oh, I'm on parody with the amount of work that they do for this show at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, anyway, um, they uh, they play some croquet. Uh, we watch Thomas try and teach the group something in Italian. And then Crystal confronts Tilly about what really happened on that single day. Oh, Tilly bites her tongue. She doesn't want to say anything. Um, this conversation is edited to shit. Maybe the wor- like the most aggressively Frankenbitten and yeah. cut together and like doesn't feel like it resembles what might have actually happened. We need drama here. Yeah, and it's to make Crystal look like she's aggressive and possessive and jealous. Interrogating. Yeah, which yeah. and I don't actually really buy that. I don't really get that sense from Crystal. Maybe she's been asked to do it more in ITMs, which they're peppering in very frequently mm-hmm. as well. And maybe she's come around to the fact that that will help her get on the show. I don't sense that she is like possessive of Felix. Because I, my impression is that she kind of gets what's going on with him. It's interesting because I look at her and she's been the person both times who has been the mouthpiece for, hey, what you're doing here when you're kissing Tilly does mm. not work for me. Yeah. In, like, I, and so I can see it in such a way that the show has used those moments where she has been the mouthpiece to now necessitate an edit that makes it more vicious than maybe it came across. Yeah, that's true. But I yeah. think that... Like, the word that you used before was envy, and I think maybe that's what I'm looking at this through the framework as. Like, Mm. uh, I think that she is envious of Tilly. Yeah, I mean, we saw that they had a very genuine, like, physical connection on the first episode. Yeah. uh, That is Crystal and Felix. Yeah. And, like, that must be informing whatever she's feeling here. I just think it's been superseded by the connection that he has with Tilly. Yeah, of course. fine, but it probably doesn't feel very good for her. Yeah, but I also don't feel like she is, like thinks that by doing anything, you know, by, by stepping into what Tilly's doing or whatever. Like, it's not, it's not a situation oh, yeah, I don't she's going to she's rescue. To sabotage or... Tilly. No, or I don't think so like either. That. Yeah. Uh, but Crystal pulls Felix for a chat and asks him if anything happened between him and Tilly at the batch pad. And this is another thing. I don't know. Like, this is almost, it's difficult for me to explain because I watched this scene over a couple of times and you might just have to kind of take my word for it. Because, like, the narrative is that she is jealous and possessive and uh-huh. he is being forthright about what happened. Yeah. You know, he, he jokes, but he, I, I sense that he is joking with her like a friend. Cause what he says is we got in the pool. There was some hooking up. It was just a, it was a steamy pool session. Tommy and Lauren were in there as well, you know, and, At, it, and hmm. it got, it got pretty out of control. That's like that. Those are his words. Right. Yep. And to me, like, I think the show is trying to show Crystal being really scandalized by this. And, like, I can't believe, you know, the two of you were it's this intimate or whatever. Yeah. Whereas in my mind, I'm like, 
this is him talking to somebody that he considers as a friend, making a joke about like, yep, yeah, it's pretty crazy, huh? You know, like, oh, and yeah. the the fact that he adds in like Tom and Lauren were in there as well, Thomas and Lauren were in there as well. The joke he's making is that like, it was on for young and old and all four of them were just like, you know, touching each other's butts and, you know, getting all up really in each other's business. Like, I think that he is invoking, this is the way that it looked to me. I thought he was invoking Thomas and Lauren to try and soften it for her. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's something about, and I find him a bit difficult to read because he is kind of a smirky guy. Yeah. And he has veneers, which mean that his face kind of falls in a somewhat unnatural fashion yes. sometimes. Yes. Um, you know, nothing against him or whatever. No. But like, it means that maybe I'm misinterpreting some things. Uh, but sure. And this was this was the vibe that I got here was that they were pumping in very, very loud, like villain strings, you're evil. And like her reactions are being chopped up. So I feel mm. like something rings false to me. Mm. And the thing, the honesty at the, at the center of it to me felt like he was kind of just chopping it up, you know? Right. He's right. kind of just like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, Whoops. I'm not going to hide it from you. You know, it's uh, basically a Bacchanalian, you know, fuck fest or whatever. And for, you know, then they cut to very brief reaction shots of her, which could be kind of from anywhere from in that anywhere, conversation yeah, or yeah. Um, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a bit up in the air um, and it's hard to make a really compelling argument for it without looking at it. I get it. Uh, anyway, Felix pulls Tilly and tells her that Crystal asked him what happened. Dialogue here is still really choppy, but it suggests this growing split between Tilly and Crystal. Feud. Yes. Um... I don't know. Yeah. Two horn dogs, much alike in destiny. <laughs> the fair Gold Coast where we lay our scene. Right, right. Two root rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Felix ITMs that he doesn't want Tilly to change her outgoing personality just because it's rubbing the other girls the wrong way. And he tells her, don't think that I'm going to change the way I look at you based on if someone else is upset that we're being intimate. You know, the hugging, the running up to me, coming and grabbing me first. I don't even care what anybody else thinks and you shouldn't either because I appreciate it and that's all that matters. That's really lovely. Yeah. Also, you know what he's talking about, right? Yeah. The fucking hoodoo. Yeah. When he says, running up to me, coming and grabbing me, we know what that is. Yeah, he it's loves the, the hug and jump. They're connected by the hoodoo. Can I ask The hoodoo is the perfect expression of human affection. <laughs> it trumps everything else. The hoodoo gives Tilly power. Tilly ITMs, I came on the show to find love and I'm doing that my way. The Hooju lets Tilly acknowledge that she's on a show. Mm. She is a superhuman character of this game because she's the only person who's doing the Hooju. She understands its place in Bachelor Law. Mm -hmm. She knows how meaningful it is for her to do this. Yeah. Can I ask you, is a horn dog hornier than a root rat? Oh, good question. I think maybe. I think a root rat may not even like it that much. They just do it a lot. You know, it doesn't necessarily oh. imply that they're... You know, it doesn't imply anything about their oh, feelings towards it. you think it. that horn dog implies desire? I think so. And what about the other phrase that I invoked earlier in this podcast? Sex dolphin. <laughs> sex dolphin trumps both. So yeah, I yeah. agree. A sex dolphin is, is the tip of the pyramid. Yeah. And then we're going to go down to... I think I think root rat, to be honest with you, might be the tier below because that implies that they're actually doing it. Well, yeah, a root rat is uh, they're sucking and active. Fucking. They're sucking and fucking day in day out. Yeah, um, Dido, gum coming, yeah. uh, wherever they please. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's frequent too. Yeah. You know, a root, yeah. you can't become a root rat if you fuck once every month or two. That's you know? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and, and then, then a horn dog because a horn dog you could be a horn dog without ever. That's you know. true. Like you've got a base of. I think you could be a teenager and be a horn dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great scheme that you've just put together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, the yeah, it is. Um, and it, listeners, if you would like to join, I would love to explain more of it to you. <laughs> It, uh, like we can grow our minds together. So you're the sex dolphin, really and you're priority. encouraging people to join your sex. You know, what? and you could be a sex dolphin as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But you need to be, you know, making a certain amount of sales, and obviously, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. talk about the details. You've got to bottle your nose somehow. <laughs> uh, okay. Rose ceremony. Asha gets the lowdown on the three dates, including the somewhat surprising step up to the plate from Lauren and Angela, who had previously been background players. Also, they don't address it, and we never saw any roses being handed out, but Lauren and Angela are both safe. Right. So there's some sneaky shit going but on. Crystal's not... Wait, no, Tilly's not safe? Tilly's not safe. She has to stand on the bleachers. What's with that? Well, I think that's just to create some suspense for the viewers, even though obviously she's not going to get ditched by Felix, and right. particularly not right now. Yeah. She pretty much showed hole on this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like she on got this episode. maybe closer to showing hole than I've seen. I think on, on a, a Channel Ten at seven thirty PM, that is the most hole that we could ever have ever have hoped for. Well, at least since the last time they reran the Shia LaBeouf vehicle holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Stanley Yelnats. Sure. And shout yeah. out to his family. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is subtle. This is subtle, like uh, producing. That you're not meant to think about. It's mm. like subconscious um, arrangement of where people are standing and who is safe from things and that kind of thing. Which mm -hmm. previously, they communicate all this stuff pretty clearly. So you know, like, this person's safe. This person's not safe. They're keeping it from us this time around. I don't know if I like it, honestly. Because mm. I like to keep track of everything. But I can appreciate that for the average viewer who is not paying quite as much attention not as quite. me yeah maybe just a little shy of that that's all right uh that it probably just makes things flow a bit better that's why know? they pay you the money on the patreon <laughs> that's right uh asha asks tilly what would you say the love language is that the two of you communicate with mm. which is some high level trolling from yeah. asha ginsburg yeah really good so what love language? Oh, yeah, it's fucking gift giving or whatever. I don't <laughs> think so. So, of course, Tilly says physical touch and Crystal reacts, yada, yada. Um, anyway, two people are being sent home. Jed picks Bella. Thomas picks Kiki. Felix picks Tilly. Um, so that suspense is already gone. Jed picks Alicia. Thomas picks Lou. Jed picks Courtney. Thomas picks Jasmine. And Felix picks Crystal. So it's farewell to Ebony and Naomi. Neither of whom get to say anything to anybody on their way out. Uh, Ebony only really popped up on screen in these episodes, and even then just barely. I don't think yeah. actually we mentioned her. Didn't register. Ebony entered the show with 1,896 followers and left with 2007, a gain of 111. Wow, that's fucking depressing. Not worth it. Naomi will probably be remembered for giving Felix fuck me eyes on their yeah. group date. Um, however, she could not get any kind of eye contact from Felix on what would become her final day in the mansion. Naomi began with 2,551 followers and is leaving with 3,105, a total gain of 540, uh, 554. Which this like, is interesting. She's the first of the Bachelorettes to share a kiss with the Bachelor, who has been eliminated outside oh, of cash the first person to be eliminated who has shared a kiss that's right yeah, yes yeah. yeah um yeah which i think has resulted in a smallish bump 
Yeah. It's not the biggest number of somebody who's left so far. No. Uh, I don't know. Is it? But then also we're talking about some people bought followers. Yeah, and we're stuff. talking about Tashin like, and Marjorie who bought followers. Yeah. So um, I think it is the biggest bump, maybe. It might be. It's yeah. hard to say. Get your tongue in, listeners. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Yeah. If you're going to go on when they reboot the show or whatever. Right. Get your tongue out there. Get your like like get your tongue out and that is the first step. Yeah. Everything else is second that. Uh, great. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 554. Is that something? I don't know. It's honestly. not anything. It's not it's still great. Not worth it. I think she has a wellness app or something. I don't know. Oh, good, no. Good the, no, well, I don't know. Pick Thomas. Well, oh, well, that's true. You know what? She had an exit interview on 10 Play, and I'm trying not to plug these too much because I feel like they're getting advertising money from it that I don't, you know. Sure. Kind I don't of know. Whatever. Sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. Come click on our website instead. We yeah. don't have a website, but still. Uh, she was talking about how she would have liked to try something out with Thomas and she uh-huh. never really got the chance. Mm. Whatever that means. Makes sense. Rather than hearing a single word from Ebony or Naomi, we focus on an ITM from Crystal, continuing to build this feud storyline between her and Tilly. Mm. And then we cut outside to a vehicle making its way towards the mansion. A stilettoed foot steps out of the black BMW and then it's followed by another foot. <laughs> then the legs that they belong to aren't far behind. And then the, the leg bones are connected to, you know. Hell I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Tash is arriving at the batch pad. Uh, she also pops into an ITM clapping and saying, I'm back, bitches. Did you miss me? And her Chiron reads Tash 31, Bachelor Jed? Question mark? This was really fun. It's fun. She says, I want Jed back. And when I want something, I get it. And at the batch pad, the bachelors arrive and are, like, mildly confused to see her. Yeah. The music stings dramatically and there's a to be continued. This is great. Sure, yeah. Look, I love the dramatic stakes. I don't think Tasha's going to be around for very long, but I do love the stakes. I want to just talk quickly again about the parallels and another one that I've realized between what was going on with the way that Tilly is being presented in the way that Abby is being presented. Because if you remember the antagonist from Abby season four, at least uh, up until, let's say, she was eliminated, was it, it was Sagan. Sagan, yeah. Sagan, right? Maybe. A woman of colour. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we are again seeing a woman of colour made the antagonist against Tilly yeah, here. Yeah, good the, observation. Like, sexually open white woman. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. It's just like the more that I think about it, the more that those two things are stacking up. Anyway. Yeah, and look, I mean, if the... If those positions were reversed, yeah, we would have a whole other kettle of fish to be talking right, about with right. regards to like you know racial stereotypes and, and yeah. that kind of thing. I don't know off the top of my head. I can't think what the parallel might be or what you know what what exactly might know. be communicated yeah. on a subconscious level there or whatever. But you're right to draw the comparison. I was just yeah, I was just sort of seeing it. Um, and then obviously we know that um, once Sagan was was kicked off the show by Matt Agnew, mm. then. Ellie, Ellie Miles became yeah. the uh, the chief antagonist, and so we'll have to see if that happens to someone like maybe Jess this yeah. season. I wonder too. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 somewhat complicated by the fact that there is a smaller pool for each bachelor. Yeah, and I don't know whether the people who are not in Felix's cohort, as he puts but they're it, both in his cohort. are very invested. No, I know, but like, let's say Crystal gets kicked off. Oh yeah, then I wonder. You know, I who's actually left? don't know who's left and what that. Yeah, yeah, will I look get like. you. I yeah, get you. we'll have to wait and see. I guess before we wrap up, let's have a very quick look at the num num numbers. Mm. 
the Delicious. Instagram followers this week. Um, and for clarity, this is from the 12th to the 20th of January, because I forgot to look on the 19th. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you would do this to the listener. Yeah. Uh, as far as our leads go, a little bit of a change from last week. Snatching third place Snatch from... <laughs> Snatch love, I guess, yeah. Snatching third place from Felix von Hoff this week, the Italian stallion himself, Thomas Malicelli, yes. with a gain of 1,763. Pulling into second, he is six foot and six inches of pure libido. Nah. Felix van Hoff, von Hoff, with 3,622 new followers. But untouchable at the top of the list, despite or perhaps because of his limited airtime this week, it's Jed Apple Macintosh ah. with 6,432 new followers. This man, crushing it. He can't help it. What's going on here? People think he's hot. Okay. Whenever, uh, and this has happened a few times when I talk to somebody about, because, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a long time, but still mm. I meet new people and they're like, you know, or I'm watching TV or well, you know, whatever. Text. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I do a fucking Bachelor podcast. And they're like, oh, Bachelor, what's the deal with this Machine Gun Kelly guy? Like, that's the point of reference yeah. for most people. They're like, oh, yeah. I this don't know. Guy. It doesn't even seem to uh, occur to people to talk about the other two guys. That's really interesting. Or the fact that there are three guys. But people are just like, oh, yeah, Machine, Machine Gun, Gun Kelly, Kelly, what's guy. the deal? Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Hard to overstate how famous that man is. Yeah. And, uh, and it is funny to people that it's very obvious that they've... Cast somebody who looks just like him, you know, like a smart pivot into pop punk for MGK. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he was like a white rapper, white rap, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. he, uh, I, I met someone recently, not my flavor, not quite my tempo. Met someone at a party who said that they flew to Cleveland to watch a hip hop festival that MGK had put on where MGK was the headliner hmm. back when he was a white rapper. Yeah. And he said that it was one of the best days of his life. Oh, well, that's nice. That's lovely for this man to fly yeah. to Cleveland. And was this that. man Jed? It was not Jed. <laughs> uh, as for the wonderful women of this season, in third place, the outgoing and outmaking star of episode seven, Tilly Scock, whose follower count rose by 664 this week. Okay. In second place, despite leaving the show early in episode five and not returning until the very end of episode seven, it's last week's surprise Instagram gain winner. It was quite a surprise. It was quite a surprise. <laughs> Natasha Tash Zwanetti, who okay. netted herself 915 new followers this Tash week. Tash Candice. So we don't think Tash Candice has bought any followers this time. I don't think so. That's okay. a believable number of okay. followers. But... Neither of them could touch the princess of polyamory. And now the only Jess in town. Oh, yeah. After J other Jess left. That's right. Jess Navin, who leads the pack this week with 1,572 new followers on the Instant Grandmother. Pretty good. Still not worth it. I know, right? These numbers are not big. They're tiny. And, like, we can talk. Our, you know, our impact is low, but we're not on the fucking television. No one's on the TV here. It's crazy. Yeah. This used to be, like, I truly, when I was writing, oh, what was it? When when the people went home. Yeah. When Naomi and Ebony went home and they had, like, between 100 and 500 followers over the entire course of the series. So sad. I was like, this is so depressing. Maybe I should stop talking about it. <laughs> like, it's like, it's it's so not a part of it anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I, I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm Like, maybe they have better followings on the talk. We can 
check in. That may be true. You know, no one's posting content to there because their accounts are on private. You've been given no reason to want to follow any of these people. Exactly. It's yes. crazy. It's such a missed opportunity. It's. I think it's part of the reason why people aren't watching the same way mm. because one of the key appeals of Was a reality the show, show and bullying the women on Instagram. <laughs> That's right. Now they're posting all this woke nonsense about how we condemn racism Turning in all its forms off. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> I do think that part of one of the key appeals of reality television on the whole in the 2020s. Oh, it's stalking. It's voyeurism. Is Unlike when you fall in love with characters on scripted television who yeah. are played by actors or whatever, you have the possibility to continue following this person's journey or mm-hmm. seeing parts of their life or whatever mm-hmm. outside of the now very limited number of episodes that they're on TV. Right. To do away with that deliberately, it it is it's mind-boggling. It's a shocker. I get that this is their way of reducing the amount of bullying, online harassment, and it's, that kind of thing, yep. which is... Uh, so important. Moderation is an the important goal. Um, biggest, biggest problem. Right, but I think that they have taken a um, uh, what is it? A, a, this is an approach that kills the franchise. Right, it's like a pesticide approach to this. Yeah, in the, in the sense of like we won't allow anything to grow there. You we'll know, weed the garden. There has to be a more. There has to be a strategy that sits in the middle. But I don't think that anyone, let alone the Bachelor, knows what that is. Right, and and beside, uh, beside like hiring quite a few social media people to manually sort of even still, yeah, you know what I mean. Like everyone's lines are different, and that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that that is like because you're also stopping posts getting in people's for you page because there's no comments on it because there's no. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Or discover page on Instagram, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's and also like if contestants do have control of their accounts then they have to worry about spoilers and spoilers editorializing the whole thing. Like this isn't the approach that uh, works, but I don't know that for the sake of the mental health of the contestants, but also for the sake of the, um, the health of the the discussion, the community. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like that there's a better approach. I don't know what it would be. Yeah, exactly. Because, but it's also killing the show. You know what I mean? Like we were again, stuck in between. What did we say? A cock and a dolphin sex. (laughs) That's what we said. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, that's that's what happened. Yep. We'll be back very soon. Yep. Uh, Tash is coming back. Candice. Um, yeah. It's going to hit us like a truck this week. Can't wait. There's going to be a lot of episodes in a very short amount of time. Glad this episode's going to be out of date almost week. by the moment that we release it. Yep. Um, but I'm glad we had a little bit of extra time to sort of stew on it. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts, dear listener. Please. I hope that this uh, conversation raised some... Uh, talking points that you might like to weigh in on? Because I don't think yeah. we've fully decided on everything right no, now. No, no, me neither. It's all up in the air very much, and it's because we've only seen half a season of the show. But also, yeah. at the same time, like we want to hear from you because I also want to be corrected desperately. Yes. Yeah, true. You know, like if, I have, if I've fucked up, yeah. or uh, if there's more nuance to be able to add to these conversations. Well, people have experience in things that we yeah. don't, and, you know. Jump the fuck in. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us on social media at Pod. We are live tweeting pretty much every episode mm-hmm. whenever we can, uh, which has been going really well. We are having fun on Instagram. You can find us at Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting on Facebook. That's our beautiful group um, where we are sharing all sorts of fun things. Um, been getting Thoughts, lots of vibes. Good, yeah. And compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Come in and praise me. Yeah. Listener. Uh, like you should. Say some nice words about Max too. 
Yeah, come on. Come on. Uh, all right, Max is taking out his headphones for his walk home, so I am going to uh, allow this to wrap itself up. Subconsciously, I was like, do I have the charge to... Anyway. God listener. forbid I'm a, uh, I am know how you feel, because I do not like to be alone with my own thoughts for even one moment of the day. Absolutely. Yes. Dear listener, if you're finding that to be true, you can also, <laughs> once you've listened to this, once you've watched your many hours of Bachelor content every mm. episode, you can also dive into our wonderful archives at The Bachelor of Hearts Presents Extra Credit over at patreon.com slash B-O-H pod. That's a wonderful way to support the show. We got some very generous new supporters uh, over the last few weeks. And uh, I want to thank and shout out to those people uh, sometime. (laughs) Right now, Max is still staring daggers. Um, But we love you very much. Thank you so much. uh, And uh, we'll speak to you again soon, obviously. Um, when we recap episodes, something and whatever. Now I'm Eight, having a fun time nine. spending as long time as, as possible finishing this sentence. Uh, Max is like rubbing his head, maybe, yeah, just really upset. I need to wait. He has to pee. Uh, okay. That's what it is. Listeners, you know what? not going to piss myself on the chair. We love we. We love we. We, 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 we. we. Listener, we love we. Good pee. Good pee. My ears from the first moment you entered my life.